Welcome to the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in Southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me shortly, just as soon as he's finished distributing rations to Cadian refugees. This is episode 20, and tonight we will be focusing on the Credorian Conflict, a campaign run by our friend Noah, and Jason will be interviewing him for our main topic. We start off with some hobby progress, and we have games played where we focus on the Siege of Galastrat, an apocalypse game we both participated in. We also have Beyond the Rim, where we talk about a couple of other games that we've been playing. Be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom. We're also on iToysoldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash wrong-side-maelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. Finally, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and give us a great rating. Brimstone Games in Windsor has a miniatures club, the Greater Windsor Table Warriors. Check them out at itoysoldiers.com and come out to the regular club days to get some games in. My and Jay's home store is the Games Workshop in Young and Lawrence, so check it out. Please enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. been a while since we recorded so jay i'm expecting two new armies fully painted and based how about i give you i was gonna say two new units but uh several units several there. units because yeah. i'm actually so i built um 20 tac marines right and i bought the um what's it called the chapter ancients yeah uh box set like a few months ago like i yeah. knew that i wasn't ready to build it yet but i was like I think it was like almost right when it first came out and I asked at the store, yeah, I was yeah. like, Hey, like do you, are you guys gonna get more of these or is this like a limited edition type yeah, of box yeah. set? And they're like, well, you know, well, like we have like, there was like, there was two left in the store or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't know like when we'll, if we're going to be getting like more in store. Or right, right, right. So I was like, Oh, what the hell? I'll just, I'll buy it. Cause it's a good deal for dreadnoughts. And I needed two librarian dreadnoughts and, uh, and the death, death company, company one. Yeah. And the, that box set, fulfills everything and you almost get a free dreadnought in it yeah um it's a really good deal so i just picked it up and then the other week i was like urging to build something and that yeah that so craving sat on the shelf a while. yeah, so yeah. But i cracked that open decided you know what like i'm kind of getting tired of working on gray knights it just seems to, that's all i've been doing for the last few months mm-hmm. and like you get to this point of like building like painting to like a high quality that you're just like i kind of just want to get back to like the fun of yeah just doing building and painting and like uh i don't want to say speed painting but like getting something like done 100 percent like quickly yeah and like hey look there's something that i made right yeah it's it's like when i'm getting burnt out sometimes i'll switch to painting building or painting terrain which is really quick yeah and then i get a lot done and i feel really energized and uh this like blood angels uh dreadnought army was something that i've wanted to do now for a few months Mm -hmm. so it was nice to now that i had i had like 60 or i'd I have 30 Marines. I only need 20. But yeah. I had like the, enough Marines to finish everything off. I picked up a few drop pods the other day. Um, already built. I got them used. Uh, have those ready to go. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, I have like, I like uh, on Battlescribe, I ended up 
making myself like figuring out what I had. I had about a thousand points. I was like, that's enough to get a like a small yep. game in with like this army that I want mm-hmm. to like start learning how to use and everything like that. Yeah, um, not exactly a hundred percent the way it's going to be finished. Like even like like a thousand points out of eighteen fifty or whatever. Yeah. Um. But still, like a thousand points, more or less the same idea of the army. Yeah, lots of draw pods, lots, lots of draw of pods, and lots of dreadnoughts, attacked marines. Yeah. So I uh, just started building. Yeah. And uh, today picked up that uh, Mephiston Red. Yeah. And uh, another drop paint. pod. Yeah, and another drop pod too. So keep it going, man. I yeah. want to just like keep pumping that stuff out. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so 20 Marines and a Librarian Dreadnought. I just want to say though that, so the first Marine box that I did was just a Marine box that I had kicking around for like a year or something like that, year and a half. Like Tactical Marine. Just a regular Tactical Space Marine. Space Marine. Yeah. Vanilla Marine. Yeah. That's a cool box set. Okay, whatever. The Blood Angel box set, mm-hmm. the Blood Angel Tac Marine set, is amazing. Yeah, that is a great kit. Like so much detail. I don't want to say so much detail. It's not like a Grey Knight kit where there's like there's a, a lot of detail, but there though. is still a lot of Blood Angels detail. But not yeah. like when you look at the Grey Knights kit, it's like, well, that is a lot to paint. That is a lot of detail to paint. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Blood Angels kit is like the perfect amount of detail. I see. Where it's not like too much. It's not like too many different colors. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of detail on the armor. Yeah. Where it's just it's the same color, like the the rivets and stuff like yeah. that, right? Where you can just keep it red, and just when you look at it, when you end up highlighting it or whatever, well, you can do just like there's more uh, detail and there's more emphasis. There's on a it. lot of scroll work mm-hmm. on there too. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, super impressed with the kit. Yeah, and there's tons of extra bits. You get like weapons and combi weapons. Bits. So and... I have used everything that I'm gonna need. So you can have all the extra stuff. Oh, okay. You sure you don't need it? <laughs> I don't think I need it. All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, how about yourself, man? What have you been working on? Um, I'm going to start with 40K, and then I'm going to throw in some Siggy, because that's mostly what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, oh, I'll start with Blood Bowl. My, the Skaven box, that like my Blood Bowl team is a Skaven block box, and then a Rat Ogre and a Coach. Mm-hmm. Everything but the Rat Ogre and Coach is finished. Like one hundred percent based. Very nice. And your rat ogre is also painted, right? I bought it used because I I bought it right before the Spire of Dawn launched, like okay. the new um, uh, Island of Blood reboot. Yeah. So, anyways, I got it like a, I ordered it like a week before, and the Spire of Dawn dropped. I'm like son of a bitch, he was already painted, but I uh, it was just base coated pretty much. So I put some more color, like put the blues on it. For yeah, my you team say he's not I'm, painted, but he's. he's... He looks like he's painted. Well, he's been more painted yeah. now. Like, I've washed and highlighted him, and the coach is coming along nicely, too. Right like, the coach is just the Skaven Warlord kit, but the flag that's on his back, I put it in his hand. Yeah, it's, the flag. Your coach looks awesome. As yeah, well. and you gave him a different head, too. Mm-hmm. So that's almost fully painted. And the league is, we're getting close to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if I have a fully painted team, my opponent doesn't, I get a bonus. Right. Which I actually used against Mike, but Mike still... Almost cr- well, I lost like three or five players or something. <laughs> like I lost a lot of guys, but yeah. I still managed to tie it up. What's at the Mike end. playing? Orcs. Right. On. He's got like four blitzers, four black orc blockers, which are apparently amazing. They're really good, yeah. especially against Skaven, mm-hmm. who, you know, armor seven. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm really excited for that. I finally added the rat over to my team. He's taking the place of a dead thrower because I thrower died against Mike. Oh, right like on. dead dead 
Yeah, uh, so that's been fun. Uh, I've been working on the accounts as Storm Raven, Black Star, Blood Star. The Blood Star, yeah. Yeah, I think since the last record, I've worked on it some, but it's not finished. Still looking good. Yeah, um, objective markers. I started painting the other day, so they're coming along. Mm-hmm. Posted pictures from online on Facebook ages ago. Yeah, um, I think you just posted them when you would just built them. Well, yeah, not even primed or anything. Like yeah, that. yeah. Well, they're primed now and like got base coat on them mm-hmm. more or less. And, you know, started painting some, like, Terminator bases, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Terrain was the big one. I went out on Boxing Day and splurged on you Terrain. You bought a lot of Terrain. Yeah, so I bought... Oh, I should have got the names down. It's, um, it's like an apocalyptic detail for, like, a barn and then a shed, pretty mm-hmm. much. I posted the pictures online. Yeah. So those were interesting kits because it's just, like... Not foam core, but it's just like pr- like de- uh, design printed on uh, styro not styrofoam, but like just on boards. Yeah, and then you glue it together and mm-hmm. it's done. And I got a watchtower too, which I don't think you saw because I didn't bring it out. I saw it in the photo though. Oh yeah, so yeah. I got a watchtower and a vortex missile battery, which was I got to awesome. use, which yeah. we'll talk about later. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, so I still need to build the eagle dick gun to go with that the <laughs> overcompensation cannon um but otherwise like i like using the vortex missile and what i want to do too is i want to get a like build a plate like a texture plate so i'm putting yeah. it over the missile battery okay and then it just become looks like a landing pad yeah, yeah. so for like regular games so where you just want to use a sky shield or just yeah you could use the rules for a sky shield or just basic terrain and it's not a missile battery it's just yeah, like yeah a, it's just terrain just the building it's just a land yeah like a 40k landing pad yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the plan i picked up some color it's a gray primer to like do some highlighting on it but it was freaking cold last week so i didn't get around to doing it yeah um yeah and i've got an mdf barn not mdf like the wood barn that i need to put together garage not barn Ugh. <laughs> right on cool um yeah man you got a ton of like i don't know if we po- i think we posted a pic of our apoc game on the facebook page if not Th- we they'll will. be posted by the time this is but uh shared that was a beautiful table i said after like before we started setting everything up mm-hmm. we all kind of came to this consensus that like this is maybe the best table any of us has played on before. really yeah like that wow. was the table looked legit man yeah. i mean it was an apoc game and we played what six by eight or something like that yeah six by eight but that was a beautiful table man. yeah looked great I think the next APOC game I'm hosting is going to be painted armies only. Right on. So maybe not the next, but that I wanted by the end of the year, I want to do a painted armies only APOC. Sweet. That'd be awesome. So uh, I split Spire Dawn with Jordan. So now I have four Rat Ogres. I have a couple of the weapon teams out of that. And I converted up a Skaven Warlord from the Warlord in that kit. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the Warlord in the Spire Dawn box, he's got like this flag back banner thing okay it looks kind of samurai-ish yeah so when i was looking at them like i should totally make a samurai rat ogre mm-hmm. so i gave him the head from the warlord warlord kit because i swapped out the head for the coach mm-hmm. so he's got this big spike on the front of his head and then he's carrying this two-handed uh it's like the warp blade is the game term for it yeah so it's a two-handed game uh blade made out of a chain sword and like bits on the end which there was a picture online um, that I based the conversion on and mm-hmm. looks so badass. And the guy just tears shit up on the table. <laughs> right on. So, sweet. yeah. Because I remember we 
like way back in the day, I said to you, Jay, you should run a Skaven Warlord. They're really good. And you're like, no, they're shit. They're well, not shit. the Warlord itself isn't shit. It's, he's not amazing, but it definitely helps when you have like a lot of clan rats. Like yeah. A lot of models to. Well, I just, I gave him this, this is all, that was, that conversation was also before General's Handbook. Yeah. Okay. So I gave him plus one attack with a relic. And then use his command ability on himself. Mm-hmm. So he's got five attacks, hitting on threes, winning on threes, minus two went, ran D3 damage. Yeah. So he's like what single-handedly wiping out units of knights. And then after he attacks on a four up, he can flee the combat mm-hmm. before he gets hit. Yeah. So he's just running around chopping people down. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Skaven Warlord's good. So. I mean, don't get me wrong. I quit AOS before I got really into it because yeah. I realized I didn't enjoy the game. And I wasn't about to spend money on a yeah. horde army. Yeah. When I don't enjoy the game. Now I own like 120 clan racks. Exactly. And, stuff, and that's so. the way that you're supposed to play Skaven. But I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't willing to drop that cash. Yeah. Well, I got lucky because I was gifted most of those. So. Yeah. And then the rest came in the Spire Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's um, that's as far as I can remember what I've done. Not a whole lot of 40K painting, but. I want to come back to me for a second. Yeah. Um. No, we're not going to do that. No, you're done. You <laughs> you had your chance. You had your chance. Um, I did build, I mentioned my paladins. Um, and that reminded me that I did one morning wake up a little early and mm-hmm. decided, you know what? I feel like I'm going to get a little hobby progress and made myself a coffee. I think it was like 530 in the morning on like oh, a okay. Saturday or something oh, okay, like that, yeah. right? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just sit down, do something. Um, someone, and by someone I mean you, was nice enough for Christmas to get me uh, Drago doesn't sound like me. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I think I'd been talking a while that it'd be cool to, to run. Yeah, you, you in my like about... In my like final 1850 list, I do have Drago. Yeah, for so, the campaign. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh, I put him together nice the other week. And uh, just a beautiful model as well. And I went yeah. helmet. I went helmet. Of because course. Always Why helmet. wouldn't you? Uh, funny enough, uh, in my attack marines, I think I have one or two guys that I put a bear head on. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to podcasts... Normally, I am, like, very against guys without helmets. Yeah. But I feel like both of the guys that I didn't give helmets to are both um, kind of just, like, character pieces in the army. Like, I think I have one guy with a melted gun that doesn't have a helmet, but oh, he has, like, the he's got the, the respirator yeah. kind of on. And I then the that. other guy, he's just, like, holding out a grenade. Because I was like, I, well, all my sergeants are, like, holding one-handed their bolter Bolters, and yeah. then doing something with the other hand. And the only other hand that I had that could, like, do something that was, like, original because I wanted, like, all four sergeants to kind of be a little different mm-hmm. um, was, like, the grenade hand. Right. So he's just holding a grenade out straight. I was like, well, that's kind of awkward. But then my favorite movie is Starship Troopers, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking when he has, like, the grenade, like, the, the nuke grenade in his hand, he's like, you know what this does, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Right at the end. Yeah, yeah, right at the end, yeah. So I was like, perfect. So I found the, the like, the most, like, generic white boy like head that i could find yeah and he's definitely casper van dean uh, <laughs> in blood angels form nice it'd be so. funny if you could get him with the starship troopers helmet that would be cool if i could do that yeah um yeah, kind head of... might work but it's the wrong size yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks fine the way he is yeah. it's all glued i don't think he's wearing a helmet at that point in the movie no so. he's not no, yeah. no, no, no. all right but yeah uh i think that's Sweet. all of my hobby progress you want to get yeah. into uh oh you had a great idea for this episode, because this is our first episode of the new year, correct? Yeah. 
Um, so instead of doing hobby goals, we're going to do hobby resolutions. It's like the same thing. You just fail over a longer timeline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to finish my Blood Angels army 100% by summertime. Because mm-hmm. that summertime comes around, you end up getting a few more games than I feel. Depends. Some people are freer. Some people are. Yeah, I tend to be a little more free during the summer. Yeah. Um. So I want to try and get my Blood Blood Angels Army a hundred percent. Yeah. By, uh, the summertime, Mm -hmm. and that's painted, everything. Now, granted, like I said, I'm not doing an amazing job. Not spending hours on end. It's a individual models. A lot of airbrushing and stuff, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I want to get all that done by summertime. That way, it's just like painted, ready to go. Whether or not I have the Dreadnought drop pods, we'll see about that. Um, I might just end up using regular drop pods for them or whatever, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Instead of the uh, Forge World ones? Instead of the Forge World ones, yeah. yeah. We'll see how that goes along the way. Yeah. But uh, by like, by June, by the end of June, July, I'd like to... That'd be cool. I'd like to have it all done. So my hobby resolution. So after the APOC game, I kind of always run a similar APOC list where it's lots of Assault Marines assaulting out of Deep Strike and it hasn't been doing super well. Like, it usually the Assault Marines come down, fail to charge. Well, they usually don't fail their charges, but, like, fail to blow up a vehicle, and they yeah. just get wiped out the next turn. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to switch it up. Mm-hmm. So I made a list with a Ball Predator Squadron and a Vindicator Squadron. Right on. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. And then I'm like, ah, that's going to be a lot of money to invest, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to cut back on my hobby spending because I'm going to be moving out this year mm-hmm. so. And then I realized, I'm like, wait, if I just take out those tanks I don't own, I'm right at 4,500 points. Right. So I'm I'm like, all right, well, this is my goal by the end of the year to have this 4,500-point APOC army done. Sweet. And most of that stuff already has paint on it. Some of it's already finished. Yeah. Um, The only thing that needs to be built is the uh, Vindicator. I got it for the Secret Santa at Mm -hmm. GW. So that's still, I haven't even had got around to building it yet, Mm. so... Uh, yeah, so Vindicare and Vindicator <laughs> tank, and then um, Librarian Dreadnought I might build as well, but I need to convert them up. Sweet. So I have the base model for it. I just need all the What model are you using? The Space Marine Venerable. Okay. And then I want them holding the Force Staff with two hands oh, cool. across okay. his chest, yeah. so I need to get some extra bits for yeah, that. Yeah, it has a bit more of like glove-type power yeah. fist, doesn't it? Yeah, and then cool. the Space Wolf Dreadnought has a fist holding an axe, so mm-hmm. I figure like that might work, or just another um, Blood Angels Dre- uh, Furioso Dreadnought. I, I need to work on a little bit, but I figured yeah. like... I might just have an extra one because that Chapter Ancients kit comes with three of them, and I think you'd be you'd be using them all, wouldn't you? No, because I'm only doing two library dreadnoughts and the oh. Death Company one, so I'll have an extra one that I can give to you. Okay, we'll sort it out yep. later. Um, anyway, so 4,500 points is a shit ton, and it's a lofty goal. But if I can get it done, that'd be so sick because I want to do. You still have yourself almost almost a full year. Yeah, true. Because um, I'm kind of on a Sigmar mode right now, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to get a lot of it painted. Well, like there's the Sigmar campaign going on. It's definitely not getting painted by the end of that. Um, And I also feel like Fall of Cadia is starting up. Last year was the season of war for Sigmar. So this year, if there's a campaign, it's going to be a 40K campaign. So I want to get my army ready for that. Yeah. So really hoping 
40k doesn't get sigmarized i know that's a bit of a hot topic in the store right now but yeah it probably is <laughs> i like sigmar for what it is don't get me wrong i enjoy the game yeah. but i enjoy it because it's different than 40k yeah so um but yeah that's my resolution my ratman army is at a really good place right now i don't want to switch oh that's the other thing i built warplock chesales did you so do the custom ones or are they yeah they're okay right on they're not i haven't seen them yet but... yeah i should have brought them out there in my bag but right. i i'm gonna i got three and they're not as cool as they looked in my head mm-hmm. the conversions are pretty complex so um i'm gonna build the next three hopefully it'll be better but i gotta pick up a hobby saw before i can do that right on cool so yeah i think that'll those will be cool and they're freaking boss on the table so are they yeah yeah they like hit on fours re-rolling ones wound on threes minus two rend two damage damn son yeah, 30 that, inch that's, range that's sky yeah. and if you hit on a six it just automatically does two mortal room wounds very nice so <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, they're, they're like you know five uh, they're, they're shit in terms of like taking damage yeah. like they're little rats with the guns, but yeah. Get this AOS out of my podcast. Anyways, um, <laughs> you want to take, take a quick break and we'll talk about games played? Sounds good, man. All right. Hey guys, Jason here. I just want to take this time to tell everyone that we do have these spaces in between our segments and... While we were for a while thinking about going out and looking for sponsors for the podcast, we do want this to be a community show and involve you guys more in this like Ontario community. If you guys have anything that you want to advertise, whether it's a a business that's hobby related or just maybe a service for the hobby, or even if you're planning on organizing a campaign or a league or something like that within Southern Ontario or something you just want more people to gain awareness in, in the hobby, feel free to contact us because we do have these spaces and we're giving this stuff away for free. We want this space to be your guys' space for the for the podcast and everything. So just give us a shout on uh, Facebook or we have an email as well. Um, Ian mentions it at the beginning and end of the podcast. Just shoot us a line if you want to fill that space with something that you want to inform everyone with. Thanks a lot, guys. back and we're gonna do a little games played yeah usually we roll this together with hobby progress but we got a big apoc game we gotta talk about so yeah, might take a little bit of time oh yeah but <laughs> like, much like the game of apocalypse itself yeah exactly uh so how about uh you start good sir. okay so i played a campaign game against matt who's running an inquisition for us and this was at the 12 yeah 1200 point level yeah 1200 and I'd never played Matt before. Like, I, you know, like, interacted with him at the hobby table at the store and stuff. Matt's fun to play against. Yeah, he's super nice guy. He's and super laid back with his playing. Such a cool opponent. Yeah, yeah and we had, There's, like, hardly ever any, like, cock-die discussions with Matt. It's just, like, he rolls it. If the die's cocked, it's just, like, whatever it is, it is. I'm yeah. not even, like... Dude, he's kind of like me now, where it's, like, I don't have that much time to play. So mm. when I play, I'm just there to have fun, man. Yeah. No, that was he's a super awesome opponent. I can't wait to play him again. But mm-hmm. that, that game was so much fun. Also, Death Cult Assassins are really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, with psychotrope grenades. Oh, I don't know. Or hallucination, but... whichever one's hallucinating. Rad grenades. No, the one. Remember the ones that you used on me and my death company, like yeah, smack rad grenades. Them. Oh no, they're not rad grenades. Really? I think. Anyways, okay. anyways, yeah, that was 
fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it, it was a great game. No, it wasn't stupid. It was yeah. fun. Uh, Death Cult Assassins are good. I mean, I think where they have five plus in Vol. That's about it. Yeah, but they just on the charge with a priest and oh, yeah. buffs. Oh yeah, with a priest too. Yeah, wiped out everything they touched. I don't know if Matt's playing. Uh, the new codex but i showed him that um so the ministorum priest yeah who has his like war hymns mm-hmm. right he's now part of the sisters of battle uh codex technically yeah and he's allowed to take relics from the sisters of battle uh codex which which and there's one relic that automatically allows you to pass all of your war hymn stuff yeah i don't um, think he was using that i don't know if he was either i might have been afterwards that i talked to him about that but, um, I mean, it ends up turning, like, a 25-point model plus whatever you give him plus, I think that's, like, a 20-point relic or something like that. It turns him into, like, a 60-plus-point model. Yeah, well, why wouldn't you take But, that? like, yeah. okay, you're giving him four of the buffs. Okay, why so Because his so sang- so leadership is only seven, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right? So you're passing it half the time. Or, More than half, but yeah. Or you pass it all the time for yeah. 20 points, right? I think it's 20 points. Okay. Um, I pay 60 points for a Sanguinary Priest for Fail No Pain plus one weapon skill. Yeah, that that war priest is worth it. Yeah, definitely. So that was a super fun game. Came right down to the wire. We played um, a Maelstrom mission. I don't remember which one. And for the campaign, the way it works this round, I think we kind of winged it. Was uh, kill points are part of the campaign objective. Yeah, and also a tiebreaker. I think mm-hmm. so. We tied, and then he won it on the tiebreaker objective. Oh, either cool. the, that was either first blood or the kill points. Super fun game, though. Sweet. Yeah. And then... Was kill points in that one? I don't know even... Was kill points in the, the third mission there? I don't remember. Yeah. And we asked Noah what it was, and he's like, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm like, all right, we're just going to roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, awesome opponent, awesome game. Super fun. Sweet. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of any like highlights, but it was uh, it was a few weeks ago at this point. Yeah. So. But yeah, just a blast. Sweet, man. Well, we had a game... Um, Actually, today we had a game. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. We usually end up playing a game and then recording. Yeah. (laughs) So you played your 1,000 Points of Blood Angels. I did play my 1,000 Points of Blood Angels. Yeah, Yeah, I wanted to try it I played 1,000 Points of my Blood Angels. Yeah, it was a little Blood Angel skirmish. Yeah. (laughs) My Blood Angels are like halfway to heresy, so, you know, it makes sense. (laughs) Um, We ran very different lists for the same codex. You ran Ball Strike Force. I ran just CAD. CAD. Yeah. Yeah. I had two Librarian Dreadnoughts and Caster the Dam in a drop pod, and then four units of five-man tack Marines, two with Melted Guns, two with uh, Heavy Flamers, all mm-hmm. in drop pods. Um, you ran? I ran a 10-man tack Squad with Flamer, Heavy Flamer, Combi Flamer, nine-man Scouts with the infamous Veteran Scout Sergeant with Power Sword, mm-hmm. two 10-man assault squads with two melt guns each and then a vet sarge with power weapon and infernal pistol mm-hmm. and then a librarian with a gillian staff galleon staff however it's pronounced level two jump pack and a death, death company, company dread not yet so all on foot because you were borrowing my draw pods so yeah. i switched on my list after you texted me that um yeah and i my bag is like full of sigmar right now so i just wanted something i could just put a tray in and it's yeah. like there's my Mm-hmm. list and the first so. thing i thought when i saw your army was "Ooh, my army right now is not meant to take on like tons of infantry yeah and i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna have trouble taking out those assault squads unless you're horrible at rolling 
three plus saves or which you weren't or difficult terrain or difficult terrain that that did more damage (laughs) um it was a bloodbath though man yeah uh we were playing tactical escalation yep which is great because i realized off the bat i was like i'm gonna have trouble i don't know if i'm gonna be able to table you Mm -hmm. so like unless i get lucky on the rolling or something like that i'm not gonna table you halfway through the game like i need to table him yeah and i was like i just need to focus on getting as many points as i can yeah Uh, i almost got that first blood first turn but uh i think just a few scouts survived yeah there were three left i made a few tactical errors throughout it and kind of getting used to using a new army yeah that's why challenging me being the first one right (laughs) i never lose right right? um except every you know third game (laughs) all the time not even yeah sorry um but yeah just getting used to like using drop pods and like an alpha strike army like coming all in yes. i mean i still deployed two librarian dreadnoughts which will eventually be in drop pods as mm-hmm. well but um just kind of like having nothing on the table and being like hey where am i gonna put everything yeah getting used to like uh coming out of a drop pod not being able to assault and stuff like that i'm not yeah. used to playing like deep strike armies they're they're hard to play sometimes you can catch an opponent off guard with them mm-hmm. which i used to do fairly regularly but then yeah they're they're tough to play mm-hmm and uh, it's easier with draw pods because you have a bunch of units coming in first turn mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i lose a lot of games because mm-hmm. part um, of the reason is i play that army and it's hard to play yeah i real i rolled for one of my librarian dreadnoughts fulmination yep uh which have two um spells which allow you to move units uh and mm-hmm. i got one of them and uh that came in handy because i realized i was like wow i have a lot of objective secured units yeah. on the table and we're playing tactical, uh, tactical escalation, right? And there's a lot of secure objective, secure objective. Yeah. I think I can move these units around. Just pick up a unit and move it I 18 move around, inches so like my, onto I an objective. I went to go put my drop pod on an objective mm-hmm. and it scattered. Cool. Move that drop pod back on to the objective, yeah. right? Um, so that was interesting. Uh, I think we it just went to turn five, I think. Yeah. Then I, I don't know why you told me to roll it. I guess you knew I'd. Rolling, no, so. no. <laughs> I was uh, thinking that right before I rolled him. Like, yeah, it ended. In, I think this. the score was seven to six for me. Yeah, which was you know it was a good game, enjoyable. So two highlights I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you killed my dreadnought. So, uh, I knew that my my dreadnought had one hull point left. Yeah, and it was locked in combat with mine. Who yeah. So two. we're we're gonna go at the same initiative. So we're probably both going down. Yeah. That turn. This was like second round of combat. So I charged, stripped two hull points with yeah. my initiative five dreadnought. Mm-hmm. And stripped one back. Um, and my one of my librarian dreadnoughts, which had the technomancy yeah. skill, I believe, or uh, discipline. I had this like beam attack, mm-hmm. which is a haywire attack. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can't target something that's in close combat, but you had an assault squad in front of it. Yeah. So I was like, cool. 18 inch beam. I target the assault squad. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but you're going to hit your guy. He's like, yeah, but I'm also going to hit your guy. <laughs> so I end up killing my guy. And an assault marine. And an M1 assault marine with a haywire Strength attack. one attack, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, well, I can't hurt the marine. Yeah, on a six you can. Oh, look at that. Six, like, oh, yeah. well, I still got my six. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I took one whole point off of yours. Yeah. But that actually ended up opening him up because he wasn't in close combat anymore. Yep. So I hit him with another haywire attack and took him out. Because so, <laughs> I think I needed, uh, uh, what's it called? The one where you have to destroy a vehicle. Oh, that yeah, you had Big Game Hunter. Big Game Hunter, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so 
inspired by Jason's disregard for his own troops' lives, <laughs> I had uh, Emperor's Wrath, I think it is. It's the Primaris on the library. Strength 6 AP3, Strength, strength 5, five AP3 yeah. Blast. And I'm like, oh, I, I can't see his troops. And I'm like, wait a second. They were all behind a drop pod. Yeah, yeah I'm like, wait, and in combat. And they were all kind of bunched up together. I put yeah. like three drop pods with a bunch of guys all together. So I'm like, well, I'm going to take this blast and target the drop pod. Yeah. And then hope, that it's hope it scatters on your squad, mm-hmm. scatters onto both of our squads. Yeah. I hit one of your guys and three of my own. <laughs> we only killed one of your guys. so I think we killed one each. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Then there's the other play. some then, good laughs. Yeah. Then the next time I cast it, it scattered back on the back on your guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun though, man. Yeah. Interesting. I uh, I can't wait to play more games with this army. Uh, and you won too. Instead of getting table with great knights. Right. So funny enough, let's talk about my game. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> so oh, sorry, um, I just pour salt in that wound. I think it was a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago. I played against Jeff, mm-hmm. um, who is playing Skatari and Admech. Um, for the campaign also at the 1200 point phase um awesome because i've wanted to play against Katari or admac i just want to play against jeff but like against that army Mm -hmm. for so long because i think i've only played against Katari uh once i've only played once yeah it's just an army you don't see a whole lot of in our area yeah and it's just that army is so different it's like someone who's playing against Tau who's ever played against Tau before. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone plays Tau, where it's like everything is just so different compared yeah. to the rest of 40K. Whereas, like, Jeff is telling me all these things, like, oh, and then he's firing this gun at you and he's firing this gun at you. And I'm like, dude, I'm just shaking my head at him. I'm like, just roll. Just, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea they, what they, any yeah, of your guns are, are doing. They are very much like Tau mm-hmm. in that they function very differently. Yeah. I just, so. I enjoy that he has guns that like bring down your cover save mm-hmm. after he shoots at you or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, that was a fun game. Uh, once again, the playing with the Grey Knights, I just have to try and play like as tactical as possible. Yeah. Um, I got invisibility, but as usual, even with Grey Knights, I just can't make a psychic power for the life of me. Hmm. Um, so a lot of the army got wiped off, but I kind of knew like which way, because I had my four assassins as well. Yeah. And they just cause havoc, um, especially that Calvis assassin. He just threw like half of his army shooting at it first turn yeah. and just not like killing it. Mm-hmm. And then I think finally it died to a flamer, like an overwatch or something yeah. like that. Um, which as is, assassins which, do. As assassins do, which is something I need to learn about is don't charge anything with a flamer because all you have is a four plus save. Yeah. Um, and um, do you think, do Grey Knights have any formations that would make them better? Like, I mean, we're doing like kind of a CAD restricted campaign, but mm-hmm. if that restriction wasn't there, do you think they'd be more viable? Or do they just not they have, don't have a lot they of formations? From what I understand, from what I've seen, they don't have a lot of I don't think so either. I they got wondering. Nemesis Strike Force, and then they have the new one that's in the... Uh, Agents book. In the Agents book, which is Nemesis Strike Force, but it's one troop, no HQ. It's one troop, one fast attack, one heavy support, yeah. I think. So the answer is no. Yeah, <laughs> not really. Um, Granite just got shit all over. Uh, they actually... This is a little sidetrack. They have that new... Um, like I forget what it's called. It's like... The fall forces of, of the Imperium or something like that. The Fall of Cadia thing. In the Fall of yeah. Cadia book. Um and I understand that the storyline is supposed to be like Inquisition, uh, Sisters, and Black Templar. Templar. And that's kind of how that um the big formation that big formation mean, yeah. is built around. But don't include like everything out of the Imperial Agents book 
except for Death Watch and Grey Knights. Mm. And I'm not saying you have to add the whole Grey Knights codex, but add in the Terminator Squad, add yeah. in the Interceptor Squad, and add in the Dread Knight. Yeah, I think I think with GW's releases, it's just it's it's a, they're releasing books about the story, right? Yeah. Like think about the Age of Sigmar books that come out, like the Realmgate Wars books. They don't include every army. It's just like that, this not, is the story. I'm not saying telling. include every army. What I'm saying is, you included Inquisition, which is part of this yeah, yeah. battle. They have the Inquisition henchmen. They have the assassins, which are part of the Imperial Agents books. Mm-hmm. Part of the whole Imperial Agents book is that it's fluffy to the point that, like, well, uh, Ordo Malleus Inquisitor might have a few units of Grey Knights with him. Yeah, include those three units. There's only three units of Grey Knights in that codex. I mean, yeah. there's a few Land Raiders and stuff too, but ignore yeah. that. Don't don't add that in. Then just add in those three units of the Grey Knights. Yeah, yeah. Just so that people can, you know. Well, but what I'm saying is if. Grey Knights and Death Watch aren't part of that vision of GW's vision for the fall of Cadia. Yeah. They're not going to include them. Yeah, exactly. Because that book isn't... The supplements aren't there to develop the meta of the game for one-off games or tournaments or something. They're mm-hmm. there to tell a story, right? Mm-hmm. And which is kind of unfortunate. I th- we might... I would like to see a shift in GW towards... Supporting, like, if they could do both, the, like, a tournament meta or a competitive meta and more of a narrative. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Just because mm-hmm. it's, I think one feat helps the other. Mm-hmm. Like, when they release, released match play points for Siggy. Yeah. It's like everyone, I'm using them in my map narrative campaign. Yeah. Because it's just balancing factor. It's mm-hmm. a balancing factor. Anyways. Anyways. Getting back, sorry for the sidetrack. Uh, getting back to my game with Jeff. Um yeah, man, Skatar is just fun to play against. Mm. Really interesting, the fact that they can always constantly, like, every turn change kind of, like, how the army is being played. Yeah. Um, and definitely, like, they have those, um, they, like, they infiltrate and they're more of a close combat unit. And they have Rust two, stalkers. something like that. They have, like, Rust Stalkers and another one. Yeah, I don't know which one he was running. Infiltrator? But they have, like, two wounds called? each. Yeah, yeah. man, that kind of. They held me up for a little while with one mm. of my assassins. And they get up to AP2 on the yeah. second round, which is awesome. Um, however, like I charged in with my Dread Knight, and I attacked his... He has like a walker that's like really, really fast. They talk about it in the independent characters, and that's why I knew to kind of watch out for that thing, because it gets an extra three inches on its like charge and its, yeah. and its uh, movement as well. Mm-hmm. So he's like in your face turn one. Yeah. So he like ran right up as well, because I think Jeff might have gotten first turn. But... um. I made sure that I took that out right away. And then I was really close to his onager, so I charged that as well. Yeah. I, I don't know how good it is on its own. I think oh, it's not. No, be... it's not very good, but it's in your face. I think they're right good, away. just that you need more than like two or three. Yeah. You need a fairly large size. I think unit. Jeff was just running one. Yeah. And um, they're expensive money wise, too. So they're mm-hmm. like 60 bucks for this little walker, which mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, beautiful kit, but to run a big unit of them is pricey. Yeah. Um, play of the game, though. Yeah. I knew that my Terminator squad with the Inquisitor and mm-hmm. the Librarian was basically dead. Um, so I separated the Librarian because yeah. I was going for broke because I had Vortex of Doom. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> that. And he had his uh, Castellan fun bots yeah. uh, kind of coming down the center of the table. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. There's, like, nothing that I can do. to like, they're, Those are hard models to kill. Yeah. Um, Not with Death Company. <laughs> okay. And Power Fists. Uh but yeah, so 
librarian on his own mm. going balls to the wall. Oh, I definitely perils. I definitely killed myself with the perils, but I also killed the one of the robots. Robots. I did wounds to the other one and I killed like their leader guy. Yeah. With Vortex of Doom nice. right on them. <laughs> yeah, I remember he came up to me and was like, Ian, I need the template. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, it was a fun game. Uh it went until turn seven. Mm. It, we we played the full game. Uh, well, I shouldn't say we played the full game. It went to turn seven until he finally tabled me, which is usually the case with my Grey Knights. Yeah. It's um, just so low model count. Yeah, I don't know. Getting a little frustrated playing those Grey Knights. Yeah. In this type of situation. I, I Grey think, Knights, if you're running triple Dread Knight and everything like that, I think they're a lot just, more fun to play. I think the problem is, is I've said this before, it's the Assassins, because it's so many points and just yeah, four models. Yeah, yeah. And I, like that's what you have painted, so yeah. that's what you're running, mm-hmm. but... I think if you develop this army more in the future, you need a bulk. I really like my 1850 uh, list, granite list, like my future final yeah. granite list that I have. Yeah, I really like it. It's a lot more fun to play. And it's I'm a lot more competitive. <laughs> yeah, none. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we held a semi-campaign related APOC game mm-hmm. last weekend titled The Siege of Galastrad. Like that name? Yeah. Yeah. Came up with that myself. <laughs> Uh, so we, I put a call out on our like Facebook group for the campaign and we had, uh, six people, including me and you. Yeah. We say campaign, but I don't know if anyone actually used their campaign armies. Me? I did. Matt did. Um, Jeff did. Jeff did. I was going to say Leonard, but he wasn't there. Yeah. And then Noah brought his wolves. You brought Tao. Yeah. Because I just don't have enough brought the sharks. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's understandable. Yeah. Um, Actually, Mike could have brought Necrons, but he decided to switch it up for Team Fish Dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Team Fish Dog Night. So uh, the game, the mission was, it's on an 8x4, as we mentioned earlier. 8x6. Yeah, sorry, 8x6. And in the middle of the map was the uh, fortress, the mm-hmm. Imperial Fortress, with um, its wall sections and the gate right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And on one side, if that's the city, on the other side is the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, um, not Matt. Mike was a... Ha- was, uh, Thankfully, Mike brought a uh, fat mat over that's like desert themed. Yeah, so that was great. Really, yeah, suited, that, suited the table really well. Yeah, and I some of the terrain I bought is specifically for a desert table I want to build. So terrain matched the table, beautiful setup. And the goal was is they had to take the cathedral, which was like right at the back, like in the last two feet of our deployment zone. Yeah. And they set up 24 inches up, and we set up anywhere in the behind the walls. Mm-hmm. So they had to come a good, like, four feet. And we play, ended up playing six turns to get to it. Mm-hmm. And they had to clear us out. And otherwise, it was on um, strategic objectives, like your standard six APOC objectives. Mm-hmm. So I was really worried this wouldn't be balanced. But, like, in hindsight, it actually worked out really well. It worked really well because we had four feet for our deployment zone and yeah. they only had 24 inches yeah and there's two objectives in their spawn two objectives in our spawn mm-hmm. their spawn in our deployment and then two objectives in no man's land yeah but if you think about the table that's four objectives in half of the table two yeah. objectives in the other half right yeah and they were just racking up points and they're advancing so yeah. they're going to be claiming more points mm-hmm. but it's hard for them to get the main objective yeah so um yeah, essentially, they're trying to play. Really, they're trying to play to tie where we're trying to just hold the cathedral. Yeah, it worked out well. And also between between the two, in their way is this huge fortress, mm-hmm. 
which I think I need to make it a little tougher. Even without tons of D weapons, it still comes down pretty quick. Yeah. Thinking, I don't know. I don't think about it. I mean, super heavies are shooting super heavies over it, so you kind of have to decide, do you want to take out the walls or do you want to take a round of shooting at the super heavies that are yeah. looking at it over top? True. But anyway, just something to think about. Yeah. Because um, each be, one is basically a land raider, right? Yeah, 14, 4 hull points. Yeah. But that, I'm, that's why I'm thinking fifth, armor 15, 5 hull points. Mm-hmm. and uh, Well, you can make it uh, ceram- ceramide armor so that they oh. don't get any melta benefits or anything like well, the that. The problem isn't the melta. The problem is the D. Yeah. So I was thinking of making it like minus 1 in the D table. That would be never doing, yeah. They're never 6-ing out a wall. Yeah. Actually, I might do that. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. Anyway, so... Um, Matt's running a Matt's running a, a knight household. Mm-hmm. Noah's got a freaking Thunderwolf star. In a 3,500-point list, he had like 1,500 points in like a Death Star. That, yeah. yeah, that's APOC. Yeah. Mike brought like, I don't even know what Mike brought, like essentially a battle company, I think. Lots Something of, like that, yeah. Lots of tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brought my big Shadow Sword and then a bunch of assault units. Mm-hmm. Jeff brought Admech. Um, Admech stuff. But he also brought that massive knight. Oh, yeah. I don't and know in the other knight, I don't he had the Lancer knight and the new fat Forge World knight that's almost a Warhound. Yeah, where like the gun is almost the height of another yeah. knight. Yeah. And he had like a bunch of, um, uh, what am I trying to say? 30k and um, 30k mechanical. Yeah, yeah. And then I brought uh, 3,000 points of Tau because. I didn't realize you were playing 3,500 points. Yeah, well, maybe you should check the Facebook page 30 <laughs> minutes before you leave because yeah. <laughs> things change, Jason. Um, but uh, Jordan was nice enough to lend me his uh, Townar Supremacy suit because mm-hmm. he hadn't played it in an APOC game yet and he wanted to see how it would do. Mm-hmm. So I got to play around with that. That was pretty fun. And yeah. then uh, yeah, so luckily sh- enough for that extra 500 points, you lent me... The Vortex missile battery. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, it was funny because you show up and like, Jay, you, you know it's 3,500, right? He's like, no, I'm 500 short. I'm like, I'll get the battery. Yeah, which ended up being way more awesome. <laughs> I, I could have made another 500 points of Tau probably pretty easily, um, but that was way better than anything I would have brought. Yeah, and it's also you just slot it in, right? It's like almost exact. It's like just over 500, so. I just cut a few things out or something yeah. like that. Um, but it was awesome because I had Onva. With uh, like my ethereal council, which mm-hmm. is what I normally run during APOC. Yeah. Because um, I usually tend to run more like infantry heavy. Yeah. Uh, which I have to change up for the next APOC game. Because APOC is all about the super heavies. Yeah. I'm thinking of just running three tactical squads. And that'll be like the core infantry. And yeah. then just tanks and big heavy assault units mm-hmm. and land raiders. Because I just find like the infantry just gets just wiped off the table. Or you can run more infantry, but I need to run more power infantry. More I th- Yeah, you can't invest too many points in it, I guess, or yeah. like need to know what you're doing cuz think of you've like 30 fire warriors shooting three shots each or something. That's going to do some damage. Yeah, it just I guess it all depends on what your opponent's taking. Um Yeah. There we face a lot of super heavies. Yeah, there were like six each side. And on my side, it was a lot of super heavies followed by uh, like unbeatable Death Star of Wolves. Yeah. It's just like these guys like a two plus invol. Oh, yeah. That like I just can't break. Yeah, it was, so like, it was like it doesn't matter how many shots I have. My shots are just doing nothing. It's like an invisible 
wolf star. It was star like an invisible wolf no star with feel no pain, two plus or three plus invul or two plus save no pain, or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not breaking it. Um, so, and uh, we played, uh, you can always make lookout sir rolls. You automatically pass. Uh, which, which I don't want to do next time. Yeah. Uh, that just ends up being, when you have a unit just filled with characters, characters it's like, well, I can't take out anybody who is, like that one lookout sir that may have failed. Mm. may have gotten rid of the feel no pain or something like yeah. that right um i understand it's for the speed but when you have like mass amounts of shots you just need a few of those to fail to kill mm. like the people that you need to kill in the yeah game. no the the first time i ran that i said at the beginning like you, we're doing this to speed up the game if, if anyone starts abusing it we're i'm canceling yeah it. yeah um but i I, I didn't realize that noah i didn't think about the wolf star and then I had a unit of Terminators with a bunch of them, and I almost like instantly started like micromanaging the wounds. And I'm like, wait, I can't, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, that Wolf Star has probably been doing it the whole game. So, <laughs> um, it's still a lot of fun, man. Uh, we yeah. kind of deployed a little wrong. We deployed like right up against the wall, which we should have deployed away from the wall and let them spend a turn shooting. So then we had the space, so they still had to run in. Yeah. Um, you know what I might do next time if we do if we did a game like that mm-hmm. I would because I've got a bunch of guard infantry ooh nice just spend two hundred points or whatever mm-hmm. on a shit ton of guard infantry and just man the wall yeah that'd be cool yeah because yeah. um, well if you look at the walls you you can put a unit on the ramparts and then it's got like a bunker yeah like with firing slots so you mm-hmm. can have two units in each wall section yeah, yeah. so I uh, on my side they only destroyed one of the towers. So it was mm. only kind of like a little like six inch, if that, like opening sh- small in the choke wall. Point, yeah. So I just started flooding infantry, like fire yeah. wars into that. It was like, well, you're not going to get through this turn. I'm just going to block the whole yeah, yeah. with bodies for the greater good, you know? Yeah. Um, and then our first, because they had first turn. So, oh yeah. that So deployment, you bid time in APOC. Yeah. And, you know, Matt's got just knights. No, he has Inquisition Mike, as well, but yeah, not, but not, okay, so it's like knights all vehicles. and land raiders. Yeah. Mike has a bunch of tanks, yeah. and they're like, "All right, well, we're not going to, we're not going to deploy faster than them." So let's spend thirty minutes. Yeah, I think I wrote on our piece of paper. Yeah, because we were like, in the same room, we weren't going to go to different rooms or anything like that. Yeah. And you heard them talking about like, kind of like, "Oh, well, what should we bid? What should we bid?" I think I wrote down on the piece of paper, "We're not going to beat them. Let's go for the max." Yeah, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm, we, so all we bid thirty, into that, and yeah. then they bid two minutes. Yeah. Which and funny enough, I deployed in like. I think I deployed in like 15 minutes. You I weren't putting like, anything, so you deployed. In everything minutes. was in deep strike. Yeah, much. you deployed in like two minutes. And next thing I know, like the 30 minutes have like ended up, and Jeff took like 30 minutes to deploy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about it too. Yeah. Where they like just, you know, Matt has essentially chucked knights onto the table. Yeah. At the very end, Noah did like a handful dump of models. Of uh, on the thing like three long fang squads yeah and i think the rule should be models have to be standing up if a model isn't standing up then it has to be that's a good idea because like yeah sure i have a i have a what's it called a a green tide cool yeah. i take this box and i dump it over yeah that's deployed no it's not your models have to be standing up yeah to be deployed yeah that's, that's a good house rule i mean that the blob of them all laying down was fine because we just put one blast template on it and i think it destroyed most of them well we also said it's like okay those guys you know they need to stand up to shoot their weapons so they're losing a turn of fire this didn't happen oh it didn't no oh never mind <laughs> i don't think it happened i thought that i don't know it might have 
<laughs> There's so much going on in APOC, you don't know. Yeah. Everything. Um, it was fun using that supremacy suit, though, man. Yeah. I mean, I wasted one shot the first turn shooting at that uh, Death Star, yeah. which was just kind of pointless because you're banking on a six, mm-hmm. and it just... I'm not for the be, D. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't be banking on that with like three year involved. Yeah, or I think you might have bumped well, it to a two plus or something like that. Um, but the next turn, I fired it at three knights that were just all hanging out mm. together, and I killed one, and I took a lot of wounds off another yeah. one, a lot that's, of hull points off another one. So a, I've, I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast before, but I find the problem in seventh edition is destroyer weapons are so much pre- prevalent. That they're OP in regular 40k, yeah, but in APOC, they're not powerful enough because they changed the D chart from sixth to seventh and made yeah. it weaker. Mm. So there's way more D, yeah, but like in especially in Eldar. But then when you bring APOC weapons, like oh, I have a shadow sword that's supposed to be a titan killer, yeah, and it can't kill a fucking knight, yeah, yeah, and it's like okay, this need this needs to be boosted more, yeah. yeah. Or it's like almost like super the, heavy should get plus one on the, the change has been like the size of the d weapon like the the size of the templates that it's shooting and stuff like that yeah but like a shadow sports sword is supposed to be a titan killer mm-hmm. which is why i bought it like yeah. i bought it specifically killed stompas mm-hmm. also shadow sword racked up another super heavy kill killed which knight. one did it get it might have been after you left it oh, was right. um it killed one of the knights cool with a last cannon actually mm-hmm. And then uh, it survived the game. That was the first game, in, APOC game, it survived. Yeah, they were really focused on our other super heavies. That was not the, must because it was so low to the ground. Yeah, not because it was. I was rolling like shit, and <laughs> scattering all the time. It was cool though because the gate came down first turn. So on our first turn, I'm like, oh look, the shadow sword is clear line of sight now. Yeah. Never saw that one come. <laughs> then just opened up on a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, was, what was your favorite part of that game? Um, the vortex missile launcher. Yeah, that was just fun, just sending out vortex missiles all the time, and then knowing that when it was gonna blow up at the end, there's a chance that all those vortex missiles that are left, because I think it got blown up on turn three or turn four or something yeah. like that. So yeah, turn four got blown up. Um, it had like four left in it. Three or four yeah, left. and then two of them went off, and yeah, yeah it, was, it was neat. In it was our fun deployment to, zone. Yeah, in our deployment zone. Well, then, yeah. yeah. So then we said, okay, well, if two vortex templates meet. They form a super vortex. So we ended up having a 10-inch vortex on the yeah. table. And we're saying, okay, this scatters a 2d3 times d6. <laughs> and it can't go away if you roll doubles. And if it hits the edge of the table, it bounces back onto the table. <laughs> it was the end of the game. So yeah. you guys were just trying to finish it Killed up. Killed a lot of stuff. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's a lot of fun. I would, that's definitely something that I would consider bringing to like a regular game. It's just that vortex launcher. Just because yeah, a vortex shot every turn, man, that's... 565 points. No, 535. Oh. 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 Uh, you can add on, like, heavy weapons and stuff yeah, like that, too. But, that. Uh, but, I mean, it holds a fuck ton of guys. Yeah. I think you, in total, can hold 50 guys inside. That 30, sounds right. 30 and 20 yeah. inside. Yeah. That's not including the guys that get on top of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Throw an escape hatch on there, whatever. Yeah. I One of my objective markers can double as an escape hatch, too. There you go. <laughs> so. Yeah, in the end, though, what was the... Yeah, so round turn five, they realized that they were getting short of the objective, so they started rushing forward. Mm-hmm. And Noah dumped three Razorbacks and or Rhinos onto the objective. And I tried to uh, romple stomp them with my Super Heavy, mm-hmm. like do a Thunder Blitz. Mm-hmm. Just try, I was like, I'm going to kill all three of these tanks in one move, and then I got stuck on the first one. <laughs> um, so, like, me, because you had left by that point, so me and yeah. Matt are, like, furiously trying to kill these tanks. And mm-hmm. we're doing it, 
but then the guys get out and then we're like okay we gotta make this like 11 inch charge my one bike and he's got to somehow take down like a tactical squad and matt's or um jeff's charging with his uh big robot guy like the 30k one with the plasma motor and we just couldn't kill enough but it came right down to the wire Mm -hmm. and uh yeah we lost on tiebreaker so which i think is the perfect way to end napalm yeah yeah it was a bloodbath man so much went yeah, down. Yeah, we barely. I the only. I had like three models left at the end or something. Yeah. I was, and I had been tabled. Yeah, yeah, I had my super heavy, a single bike, and I might have had it. Oh, and a tech marine. No, the tech marine died because he charged uh, uh, Mike's chapter master. <laughs> right on, man. I yeah. can't wait for the next uh, APOC game. That we're yeah, doing. I want to do them um, quarterly. I don't know if that'll happen, but I want to do at least one more this year. Mm-hmm. And the last one I do in the year is going to be fully painted only. Mm-hmm. So everyone's been warned get shit painted that's it yeah. alright man uh, I think we'll be right back yeah stay tuned alright and we're here with our main topic for today um, we're going to be talking about running a campaign um, which we've talked about before however we're going to do a little bit different today because I have a friend of the maelstrom here Noah who um, is running a campaign currently he's actually running the escalation campaign that you hear Ian and I talk about all the time. Um, today, however, Ian is not here with me for this interview. It's just me, all me, bask in my glory. <laughs> um, however, like I said before, I do have Noah here. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's been a long day. Yeah, <laughs> a long day. We're gonna <laughs> I'm going to keep you for a little bit longer, dude. Yeah, no worries. Um, okay, so before we get into it, let's, uh, let's introduce you to the listeners. Uh, how long have you been playing 40K for, man? Uh, since grade 8. Uh, I'm I'm a 19, so it hasn't actually been that long. <laughs> there you go. But uh, I don't know. I guess that's six years, seven years. But you know what, man? Like I, like I got into 40k when I was like, I don't know, maybe grade six, grade seven. So that's like what, like 11 or 12 or something like that. And I played for like three, four years, and then I stopped, and then I got back into it for two years. So really, we've been playing 40k for yeah. about the same amount of time. I, I'm thinking back. I think I started in 2011, so it'd be five years. I'm go. just bad at math. <laughs> uh, what edition did you start in? I started in fifth edition. Oh, right on. Right. Yeah, about halfway through fifth edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, the store I went to before closed, and I took a like a year. That break. was the store in Scarborough, yeah, in the right? Scarborough yeah. location at the uh, Scarborough Town Center. Mm-hmm. That location closed, and instead of coming up here to Young and Lawrence as, you know, still a relatively small child, yeah, uh, I just got out of the hobby. And then uh, one of the guys who works at Games Workshop, Alex, he's one of my good friends. Yeah. He works there, and he convinced me to come back. Right on. So then, uh, so I missed all of 6th edition, <laughs> which apparently wasn't wasn't the greatest edition, but uh, I missed all of it. And then yeah. came back and started playing again in 7th. I like 7th, but hey, yeah, we're probably, like getting, we're probably getting another change soon anyway. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently. So, what uh what armies you play or have you played in the past? As uh, well? I started with guard, imperial Ooh, guard. Interesting. Uh, I didn't in fifth that. edition, yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of guard. Um, and then I switched and I started playing space wolves about a year after I started playing guard. Um, that I know too well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, space wolves are my baby. Yeah. Or were my baby until until my next army. But yeah. Uh, when and then when I did the switch over or took that year break and then came yeah. back. Uh, I stopped playing Imperial Guard. I haven't played it since. Yeah. Because Do you still have your stuff? Nope. nope. I, I got rid of it to, right to fund to fund the third army. There you go. But um the whole the whole reason behind Never Blind Guard is because when I came back into it, 
I had to buy all new codexes. Yeah. And all new everything. And I was like, uh, I don't have a job. Yeah. I just bought the one codex. Yeah. And yeah. that's all I played. Uh, also, I have a job now, but. Guard is also a pretty expensive army yeah. to play in if you don't get yeah. the cash to fund it. Yeah. Especially because the play style I was playing with it in 5th edition doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, what well, didn't really work in 5th edition either. But mm-hmm. It was really fun. But all the units I was using aren't in the, the current guard codex. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Th- my three favorite just a units. full rattling army right no it was <laughs> it was guardsman marbo because he's glorious yeah. uh purely nair squads mm-hmm. which I'm, i don't even know if you know what they no. are but they were they're basically guardsmen. oh the the penal legion guys like the the prisoner guys yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're yeah. kind of like the last chancers but yeah. they were the, the non-named character ones mm-hmm. but uh but yeah i played squads of those because they were great you rolled in a random chart then they got special abilities oh really yeah. oh that's pretty sick yeah so basically, they were like assault guardsmen. Mm-hmm. So they were pretty fun. And then I took uh, Rough Riders, <laughs> which again are, are pretty garbage. Yeah. In this new edition, <laughs> they were they were they were okay back then because they were cheap enough that you just threw them on the table and just charged something and yeah. didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you are rocking uh, new yeah. army right now. So uh, about six months ago, I started a new army. And uh, I'm playing. I'm playing Grotz. I'm playing Grotz, and they look awesome, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it is the Orc Codex, but I don't have a single Orc in the army. It's all Grotz. Yeah. So it's a bunch of Grotz, a bunch of Forge World Grot tanks, Grot Mega tanks, uh, some super heavies, and yeah. that, that's pretty much all it is. Yeah, we so did far. an episode on conversions uh, a few months ago, and uh, too bad we didn't wait a little bit longer yeah. because we had mike on who does That's awesome true, conversions yeah. but your conversions of your tanks are just something else man like the you have like the piranha one yeah which is just <laughs> amazing man yeah so it's a it's a piranha and i threw basically a track underneath it mm-hmm. and it looks like kind of like a uh what do you call it? like a monotract piranha and it's mm-hmm. got two big claws at the front of it the claws are awesome his, yeah. name's, his name's clamps <laughs> i'll give you the clamps Right on. Uh, but yeah, every single grot tank I have is not scratch built, but they're all conversions. So it's all Games Workshop kits that have been basically chopped up into pieces yeah. and then put back together. As grot it's tanks. really cool that like while you take the other tanks from like the other armies, you did a really good job at converting them to look like an orc vehicle. Yeah, uh, like my philosophy behind building for the orcs, at least for these grot tanks, is build it like the orcs would build it. Yeah. So I build the kit. Like the old kit, right? The one that I'm going to convert, mm-hmm. and then I chop it into pieces. Yeah, you actually, so you actually fully build it. And yeah, then you and, cut then it up. Start, and then I start. I cut it. Well, That's I don't put on all the all the extra, yeah, all yeah, extra yeah. shit. But then I, but then it gets all cut up, and then I start. And then, but the thing is, you never measure. Yeah, never. <laughs> you never just measure. cut. Just cut. You you just eyeball it and you cut it, and if it doesn't fit, it's even better. That's awesome. Cause it's even more orky. <laughs> yeah, and that's just how I basically built everything. Right on. Um. So this is the army that you're playing in the um, in the campaign. Yes, it is. So let's get into talking about that. All right. Because that is our main topic for today. All right. Enough about you. <laughs> um, so this is the first campaign that you've run. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, have you played in any other campaigns previous to this? Uh, or was this kind of just like a... You know, I feel like running a campaign and no one's doing one right now, so why the hell not? It was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So I, I did play in the Escalation League. Or not the Escalation League, sorry. The Kill, the, Team. the Kill Team League yeah. that uh that you ran earlier. Um that was great. I really, really enjoyed that. Thank you. And I won. But but after that, yeah, there's a little period where nothing was really happening. Uh 
Toronto in general, not just our store, but Toronto in general got very Age of Sigmar. Yeah. It was the summer of Sigmar, just, man. Just got hit by a truck, yeah. and I didn't want to jump into Sigmar. Yeah, I so, hear you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I didn't want to play Sigmar, so I never got into Sigmar, and the store is still hooked on Sigmar. It went very 40k dry for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. It was nice, to, and we had ta- started talking about starting yeah. up something. Yeah, we started talking about this pretty much right after the, uh, the Kill Team campaign had ended. And that's right when I was starting up this army, because that was the whole idea behind me me running this, is I was running it for selfish reasons, <laughs> because I was using it to finish my army. Well, I don't know. We've we've talked in the past about like um, organizing uh, leagues or groups or and stuff like that. And one of the things that we've always said is that if there's something that you want to do and nobody's doing it, do it yourself. Why the fuck not, man? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's pretty much how it was. It was yeah, uh, no one's doing this, and uh, me and Mike we who was the guy, other guy who was doing the conversions you guys mm-hmm. had on previously. Uh, me and him were talking, sitting eating a burger near, <laughs> near my place. And uh, and yeah, we thought, why why not? Yeah, so, exactly, man. Um, yeah. So how's it been going? It's been going pretty good. I, I say that. I'm part of it. But yeah. from your perspective, yeah, it's how's been, it been going? <laughs> it's been going pretty good. There hasn't really been that many hiccups. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there's one player who's maybe a little... So, okay, I guess we got to explain what the... Yeah, go, is. go, go, go so, for it, man. So it's an escalation league, first of all. Uh, so we start at three hundred, or we start at six hundred points, yep. and every two weeks, originally now it's three weeks, we add three hundred points worth of models, uh, and everything has to be fully painted and fully based, or it can't be put on the table. So that's the big thing is we're trying to get everyone in who's involved to get their armies painted and done, because mm-hmm. that's that's what happens to me and a lot, I guess a lot of other players is you you build it, then you put it on the table once. And if your parent says okay, then it never gets painted. Yeah, like that's yeah. how it is for me at least. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, why would I paint this if I can just play it how it is? So I made it a rule for myself that this army, this new army that I started, the Grots, isn't going on the table till it's painted. Um, it's a great way to get stuff to get that hobby progress in. Um, I know I've been having a little bit of trouble yeah. getting my stuff painted, so getting sitting down and actually doing it. But it is like a good motivation too. And like I know I'm like a full advocator of or full advocate of like playing with fully painted stuff yeah um i know like the guys on uh on independent characters all play in like uh groups that mm-hmm. all play painted stuff completely and everything mm-hmm. it just enhances the gameplay man yeah i agree it makes it, it makes the table look so much nicer which i mean before i was doing before i played with fully painted stuff it like wasn't an issue at all but now looking looking back and when i play with my fully painted army against people's stuff who isn't painted it's like step up your hobby this wasn't that hard yeah <laughs> it took a while but like it's i did it um so you mentioned that um it was supposed to be every two weeks we went up by 300 points but now we've changed it to three weeks yeah um, we changed it to to every three weeks because we were having um issues with getting stuff done yeah like that, that's just plain and simple mm-hmm. and it, since the campaign started i got a dog yeah. which eats so much time yeah and other people have had stuff come up and it's just we thought 300 points it's not that much you know, it's not that much to do in two weeks. It depends you, on what you, what army you're playing. Yeah. Right. But then next week you have to do it again. Yeah. And some people that are playing again. are playing armies that they already have painted. They just want to finish painting yes. them, make them to a higher level yeah. or just base them or something like that. Whereas some people like me, I'm playing an army that I'm like fresh to. Yeah. And I'm also playing Inquisition where I'm doing like conversions mm-hmm. on guys and stuff. And I'm just having a hard time like building guys and getting them fully painted and everything in a two week period. Um, in our last episode, we talked about hobby goals. Yeah. 
and values and stuff and what you want to get out of the hobby. And I feel like this kind of applies to like this campaign in that like we all had a common goal or value mm-hmm. in the campaign and that was to get our armies done. done. And but still have fun while we're doing it, right? Yeah. We could have just made a no campaign and just, hey guys, let's yeah. by this due date get yeah. our army done, right? Exactly. But instead we wanted to play and have fun as well. So I feel like we extended it to three weeks because we weren't having fun at like the the yeah, rushing it deadline. Was just, like it was too hard. That hobby yeah, progress was becoming torture. It wasn't becoming that fun was exactly, anymore. Right? It was yeah. sitting down and be like, oh God. I I've have had, to get this done. Yeah. It's been eight hours of work today and yeah. I still have to go home and I still have to paint a yeah. squad mm-hmm. because if I don't paint it, I don't get to play my games. And then, and like, I feel like it, it it's extra. I need to get all my shit done on myself because I'm running it. So I feel like I need to set the example. So if, you know, I'm missing games, I can't. I feel like a hypocrite yelling at other people. To yeah, get exactly. Their shit done, right? Yeah, 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 my yeah. Stuff's not it was painted. the same way when we played in Kill Team. I yeah. was like, "Well, I'm the guy running this thing, yeah. man. I gotta I have gotta, all my stuff painted to a nice on, level and yeah. everything." Yeah. Um, so, what's been your favorite thing about running and/or playing in this campaign? Oh, that's a. That's I mean, a hard we're one. still we're only what halfway through the campaign. Yeah, we're right now. We're at stage three of. What is it? Six or seven? I think it's six. Yeah, I think it's six with a mini game in there or something. Yeah, there's the the mini game that's coming up. That's that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I was gonna have those rules ready for tonight to present them, but uh, <laughs> uh, that didn't happen. Well, we can put them so, up on the Facebook page, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but um, favorite thing about running slash playing, I mean, definitely for for playing in the campaign is everyone's stuff being painted. Yep. And it's like we have custom missions that we're running every week, which makes it nice for a. Uh, like it's, it's every game's different, right? Mm-hmm. And it it's not just you know set up and kill the other guy's stuff, which I mean you still do. Yeah. But it's a lot of there's a lot of thinking, I guess, that you have to go into it. Yeah. A lot more strategy, I feel, than in the missions and everything. Yeah. In other games, especially because a lot of people are taking, or almost everyone is taking suboptimal stuff. Yeah. Because it's a it's a for fun league, right? We're it's not, a fluff or, league or yeah, a fluff campaign. Exactly. Yeah. It's not. It's not you know. Or I guess you guys talked in the last episode about single CAD, because that's what that's what this this is, right? Yeah. It's a single CAD league, basically. Mm-hmm. So everyone's everyone's lists aren't the best they could be. Yeah. But because of that, they're all still kind of even, and they're still fun. So I guess that's what I, I'm enjoying the most out of actually playing it. Is I don't feel that I need to take, you know, I have to play my wolf space wolves first of all, because yeah. my my grots don't stand a chance in yeah. an actual game. Yeah. But, you know, and then I have to take, you know, Thunderwolves, take the Libby. Take you can do what like, you want to in yeah, the campaign. Instead of just, yeah. I can just go, I want this, 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 and this. Because mm-hmm. that's going to make my army look the coolest. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned, like, the custom miss- missions that we're playing, um, which I think everyone just loves. The fact that we're not just playing, like, well, this week we're playing the Scouring or something like that, right? Or yeah. we're playing uh, the Relic. Um You've made these custom missions, which are a mix. They're kind of like ITC missions a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't, I haven't read through the ITC format. It just in the works. fact that you have like a like you have a primary mm-hmm. and a secondary objective, yeah. kind of, and the secondary is Maelstrom. Mm-hmm. Like you win off of you win the mission off of Maelstrom points. However, you win the campaign mission, which will give you additional campaign exactly. points. So there's two things going on at once. Yeah. Um, that's all like ITC missions. That, that's kind of where I got the idea because even though I don't. I don't play tournament and that's not the scene that I'm part of. Yeah. 
at the store. We have a heavy tournament yeah, scene so at the store. So <laughs> just sitting around the hobby table, yeah. you get to know so yeah. much about the tournament scene. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I did get the idea. For um, how did you come missions. up with like ideas for these missions? Uh, Ian was a huge help. <laughs> so man knows his campaigns. He gave me all of his previous campaigns, along with the Battle Missions book from 4th edition. And oh, what's the other book called? There's some other book that came out in 6th or 7th. It's yeah. basically like an updated Battle Missions book. Right on. And it's just got a bunch of custom missions in it, and I've been basically taking those. I took, I didn't touch the the new book. Yeah, I, I took the battle missions book, and basically looked for ones that I thought were cool. Yeah, and then updated them, how I felt to would fit into seventh edition. Right on. That's one thing that I'll always like give props to GW about is, while I mean, now their community engagement has changed a yeah. lot. They're starting to show up to these like mm-hmm. tournaments and everything like that. But they've always been so supportive of playing campaigns yeah. and giving you the materials that you need yeah. to run a campaign. It's not not campaigns to like the size that that we're playing, mm-hmm. really. But they still give the material that will help you out with stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, and they put out so many like a lot of their books that they put out. You can run a campaign off of the book. Like, yeah, but know. it's usually like a two person campaign or something yeah. like that, right? But, but that's a lot of what they are because. You got to keep in mind, right? Not everyone's got a gaming store to exactly. go to. There's yep. a lot of basement gamers who That's, game just yeah. just with their their one or two friends. Exactly. Right? That's how I started off. So, making books like that appeals to those guys. Where I mean, in the store, it doesn't really work because there's so many players. But um, but yeah. Uh, fuck. What were we talking about? <laughs> what? Well, okay. So like, with these custom missions, yeah. what worked? What have you found worked well with them? And what would you maybe change next time? change next time um I if don't there know. is a next time if you want to yeah do it again. exactly but anyways let's talk about the missions though the the missions the thing i think i might want to change is how the points are scored yeah because i made the the maelstrom and the weekly mission equal yeah which i mean it's working but i feel like if i put more emphasis on one or the other yeah it it changed how the game is played I do, I do feel like we're mainly playing Maelstrom yeah, missions, yeah, and there's kind of like that's what everyone's going for. <laughs> and then there's like this other side mission. It's like, okay, cool. We're also playing yeah. a campaign, so this is kind of maybe if it was reversed. That's how I'm. That would where it was thinking. like three points for the campaign mission, mm-hmm. two points for the for, Maelstrom or something Maelstrom. like that. Yeah. So I think in the scoring, it could uh, the the points could be done a little little better. Yeah. But um, yeah. The points could be done a little better, but uh, the other thing I might, but yeah, how and how I would change that is just the way that the missions are structured. So what I was doing is I'd find one of these old battle missions books, right from fourth edition, yeah. where Maelstrom wasn't a thing. So all the points were all scored at the end of the match. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I that like made that. it a lot easier. So basically, whatever that one was, how the scoring was in that one would become basically the weekly mission. Yeah, and then I'd pick one of the six Maelstrom uh, uh, missions. Yeah. And pick the one that worked the best mm-hmm. with that specific uh, go. Like one was an, an ambush. Yeah. That was the, the week one mission was ambush, right? You're meeting your opponents for the first time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I picked because like it was a border skirmish. So it was three objectives set up diagonally across the board. Yep. And you deployed in the corners. Um, but what I did for that one, then you had your four. Cause we were playing on four by four. So I, we're doing four maelstrom objectives instead of six because yep. there's already three objectives on the board mm-hmm. plus the four maelstrom that's seven objectives yeah, on four yeah. there's a lot to be running like, around there's too, a yeah. there's a lot there already uh but how we did that when we did uh the one we were able to steal 
your opponent's objectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason I, I thought that one was, was good was because, you know, you're trying to advance into their territory mm-hmm. and, you know, it's kind of chaotic because nobody, it's your first time fighting everyone else. Mm-hmm. So I thought that one fit well. So that's kind of how it's been. It's been one of these battle mission missions with Maelstrom slapped on top of it. Mm-hmm. So they were they're quite easy to create. It just takes a lot of time to just update the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thinking of all the stuff like you need to. It's just thinking of all the the possibilities, the possibilities, and, yeah, mm-hmm. and just it's a lot of just sitting there and thinking. Oh yeah, this also I need to write this down because you know this will, this might be a question. And you know there a lot of these missions. There's a good chance that there's going to be a tie. Yeah. So it was figuring out tiebreakers for all the missions that mm-hmm. takes that took quite a while. I do like, and this is the first time I've seen it. Uh, it changes the mechanics of like the game completely. Is that any maelstrom card that you draw that's like roll d d three yes. or something like that? Yes. You don't do it until the end of the mission. Mm-hmm. So if someone gets Kingslayer, it's like okay, I know that they have d3 but i don't know what i'm up yet against yep. yet i don't know if yep. i'm down by five points or i don't know if i'm down by you know three points exactly. or something like that it, it changes the element of the game it doesn't it doesn't defeat you right off the bat yeah. i mean hey when you're going up against some guy who has 11 cards in yeah. his hand versus you're, your two yeah okay you've lost regardless but <laughs> but that's uh yeah that was that was my idea i can't take credit for that no? that goes to mike right uh-huh. when me and me and mike played two two practice games before it started off just to see if what we were the missions I was making actually like you know worked. Yeah, and uh, that was his idea was roll them at the end. And uh, I really like how it turned out, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think I think it makes more sense too, because it's like you don't know how valuable, like in the chaos of battle, you don't know how valuable, what you what you like the information you just gained, or you know killing that one guy how yeah. important it was to the actual game. Mm-hmm. You might but not when, even know the guy that you exactly. came, was fighting on the battlefield, exactly. right? Yeah. But when when everything's over when each side assesses their wins and losses and everyone either when when it's a decisive victory or you know in, a, in real warfare fuck what do i know about real warfare? <laughs> we're but, a bunch uh, of canadians right. here what do we know about war no that's but um, military is awesome <laughs> yeah right uh but yeah i feel like the battle is who won and who lost is decided after the fact mm-hmm. so, so what's been the greatest challenge that you faced um, or multiple challenges um, in this campaign, either like running it, playing in it, or like preparing it? Uh, preparing it is just sitting down and having the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like getting it all done, I did it in two nights. It was just two late nights, and I just sat there and I had you. my computer. <laughs> and it took me so long to it. do the kill team one. <laughs> well, I mean, like, okay, I guess we, we need to take a step back. We originally thought about doing this right after your Kill Team campaign. Yeah. Right? And then, like, six months went by. Yeah. Where I just had time to think. Yeah. And then, so when I actually went to sit down and do it, I had, like, the past You knew exactly what you wanted of, to do, yeah. Uh, um, and everyone was talking that whole time, or most of the time, right? So ideas were keep kept coming in. Yeah. And there was, I had enough information to go off when I sat down to mm-hmm. finally write it that it it was easy. And also, the lore was already done for me by Ian. Yeah. So, it was, it was... It wasn't that difficult to yeah. get the missions done. Um, do you find that during, like, as we're going through, are you having any difficulties, like, organizing people or um, challenges that you're facing during it? I mean, I feel like we were playing in a close-knit group, yeah. so maybe not so much, but... Like, because I guess that's another thing. Is this... It, w- it wasn't an open campaign. It was it was a closed campaign. It yeah. was only people who... I and other people who are already in the campaign felt uh, should be part of the group. And mm-hmm. that was simply because... 
like I said, it's a for fun campaign. We don't want the tournament scene jumping in from the store. Yeah. And, you know, some of the people who get on our nerves, we didn't want to <laughs> jump in. Like, that's just how yeah, it yeah. is, right? Yeah. So this was kind of a, it was a closed, a closed group of mm-hmm. players. So um, that's a big difference between our campaigns. Like, I know that when I ran mine, I was like almost pulling my hair out at it sometimes because, well, okay, you're younger than me. You're a lot more tech savvy than I am. Mm-hmm. But like mine was all pen and paper. Yeah. And it was an open campaign as well. So there was a lot of like, okay, well, there's all these people, people I don't even know. Like there has to be all this paperwork for them to fill out and leave at the store after they've played a game. I have to keep track of all their scores and everything afterwards, go through everything. I have to, like I would sit down for like an hour and like sort through all the battle reports and like figure out all the points and everything. Yours is like, yo man, you got the Google Doc. After you play your game, put yeah. your fucking numbers in yeah, there. Do your own yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> but that your... goes to show that like, Running a campaign can be like it doesn't have to be a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Running a campaign with a group of, I mean, how many? I think we have like we have eight players. We have eight players in our game. Yeah. Well, just a large or amount. Maybe of, ten. Either eight to ten is still a decent sized group for a yeah. campaign. Um, like it doesn't have to be hard, especially if you know what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. using online sources. You have like a uh, we have a Facebook group yeah. for our campaign, so yeah. everyone can like post their pictures there of like their models they're building. Mm-hmm. Also, any questions they have, exactly. anything like that. And, and all the Google Docs are on there as well. That's the big thing that I think's really helped is whenever anyone has a question about if they can take this or not, like if they're think if if what they're taking is gonna be too strong. Yeah. They just they ask me and I'm like, All right, just post it in the Facebook group. Yeah. And then there's a little discussion in the Facebook group. There's almost the a discussion for everything. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like you know you can't take four land raiders at twelve hundred points. <laughs> like that hasn't come up, but it's like but that's the whole idea is it's only not okay if other people don't think it's okay mm-hmm. right because if everyone's okay with you taking it then everyone's okay with you taking yeah, it. yeah exactly yeah. right so um have you found there's been any um disadvantages from running a campaign i want to talk first like you personally playing in the campaign has running the campaign taken anything away from being in a campaign because now you've been in a campaign and you've run one were there any disadvantages to running it um Hmm, that's actually that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, disadvantages, um, I guess. It, I mean, playing in the campaign, it it's it was mostly when writing up the missions, right? Yeah, is because because I'm playing in the campaign and my army does one thing. Yeah, that's it. It's all tanks. Mm-hmm. All right, so anything the tanks are good at, my army's gonna be good at. Yeah, so it was making missions that we're gonna be fair for everyone everyone not just right? yourself because yeah. i could say this mission and this mission i could set these up in a way that my army is going to just kick everyone's ass yeah right or have a have a better chance of winning because mm-hmm. these are just in favor of my army so yeah. it was finding missions and that's that's kind of what i did is i took my army and said my army is going to do decent yeah in all these scenarios some of them are gonna be a little harder but yeah I didn't, I tried my best not to find a mission or like out of the missions that I, like I really, I'd made like an original checklist of like all the ones I wanted. Yeah. It was like 10 missions long. Well, you know, you can't win, right? Yeah. I know. That's the golden I rule, know, man. I the know. golden rule, rule is you ran the campaign. You can't win it, man. <laughs> so then I, I had to shorten that list and I had to take out all the ones that I really wanted to play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because. My I mean, you can throw be... yourself in a good week or something. I don't know. That's my yeah, goal. I'm sure people are listening being like, boo, go fuck yourself, Jason. But like, but no, I definitely agree. Like if I win the campaign, it's like, it's kind of like, it's not the same. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like, it's, I wrote it. It's different I win. than a, ha, ha, ha. it's different than a tournament where it's like a one day event. It's like you organize it and you want it. Go 
you yeah. know but like a campaign where with your buddies where you're doing it over a certain amount of time that, the rule kind of gets thrown out the window but at the same time yeah if we were all playing missions and you were just stomping everyone it'd yeah. be like come yeah, on come man. on guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why i'm just like eh. but the missions were yeah it was just writing the missions that but one of the it's a little bit different but the the hardest thing i finally figured out the hardest thing that i've had an issue with with running the campaign is telling people no yeah because you got to be a little bit of a dick sometimes yeah. yeah and that i mean i guess it's a little different because in the open in an open campaign right where everyone's allowed to join yeah you don't necessarily know everyone super well yeah so it can i don't know how it you can are, be even harder man but i don't i don't give a fuck about being a dick to someone i don't know yeah, yeah. like i work in retail people are <laughs> dick to me all the time so it's yeah just, i get to be well, a dick back and it's just how it is yeah it depends if you're because you represent the store too that yes. you're running the campaign at, right? So yeah. you can't just be an outright dick to people. But I mean, that's another advantage to what we're doing yeah. is our campaign isn't affiliated with the store. Yeah. We play some of our games in the store, but we can also play it anyone anyone who's got a table. Yeah. You can play there. You can play. You don't have to play at the store. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So playing games outside the store is also nice because you know you can sit down. That's that's you an have a beer. Period. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, just telling people no has been has been difficult because I know everyone. And, you know, they're my friends, so it's it's hard telling them, no, you can't do that, all right? It's, it's bullshit. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah, which we've had to do before. Yes. Well, you've had to do I've before. I've had to do, yeah. yeah, and you've helped me with it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's finding that even balance because you don't want to say no to somebody and have them be like, well, then I don't want to play in your campaign. That, that was exactly it. It has to be like, it's almost like working with them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think this is fair. Yeah. Um, how do you feel if I like I don't want to say outright no to you unless it's fucking ridiculous Ridiculous, but like how do you feel if we work if we compromise on this or something like that right it was difficult because at the starting there was only one player who I felt was really kind of pushing the limits yeah but then as we added more player so that was difficult was telling him to to slow down because I felt like I was just singling him out Mm because everyone else's list I felt were okay but Mm -hmm. I felt his list was a little too strong but then as it went on there was another player who ended up joining in yeah who kind of had the same scenario but they were they were coming to me before they were writing their list they yeah said, can i do this and i was going uh, a little too maybe much. not yeah. and then they went okay so now that i had two people who i was saying to, to chill out to yeah it was easier because i didn't feel like i was just singling out the the one player yeah it's that crowd control man yeah <laughs> cool um we kind of covered this a little bit with the missions but let's talk about the campaign like as a whole Next time you do a campaign, assuming you want to do another campaign, um, would you? What would you change? Because now you've written the campaign, it's kind of hard to go back and change it. And we've talked about changing the point system a little bit, but is there mm-hmm. anything else you would change? Like you've been doing, um, uh, Ian's gonna kill me when he listens to this because I don't know the actual term, but kind of like a phase. Yes, phase is the exact word. Okay, I'm using. Yeah. yeah, I stole that right out of his books. Yeah, so, so you you're doing you. kind of a phase <laughs> campaign. So it's not like a map campaign or anything. It's like it's all pre-written. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. The next week, this is what the mission is going to be or anything like that. Is that what you would do next time or would you try your hands at something else? Like, I ran a map campaign. Mm-hmm. The reason I ran the phase campaign is because I thought it would be, it'd be the simplest yeah. for me to run and to write. Because mm-hmm. it's not, I don't have, there's there's the least amount of moving parts. Yeah. The only thing that moves is one week to the next. Yeah. And I follow. And it is. I think it's the easiest type yeah, to run. Yeah. It's not, there's, you don't get advantages for winning or losing your Yeah, games. exactly, yeah. Right, besides your positioning, which doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, and it's, it's a little different because when, when you're saying it's all written, it's not. Okay. Next week, next phase is mission. 
and the rest That's of just because you're a slacker. Still aren't ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I still have time to, to change anything that if I want to change. If you want to change. But like the points are but written the points and stuff I like can't that. change, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's that's done. Mm-hmm. But the future missions, I can still, I still have time to write. And yeah. So that, I mean, I guess, I guess the way I written, I did it, I have a little bit of flexibility mm-hmm. where not everything had to be prepared right up front. Mm-hmm. Unlike a campaign, like the one you ran with the map campaign where the map has to be done. Yeah. Everything has to be set on the map. And then, you know, the if you missed one thing, like I don't know, That's resources kinda, and yeah. resources were too close together. Yeah. And one player lands there or puts their base there and notice that. I changed the campaign while we were playing. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. in a in a being a bigger campaign. But yeah, just one player just found the perfect spot to set up yeah. his, his base or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's just he's just winning because you messed up the map. Yeah. Or something like that where they're I feel like that doesn't come into play mm-hmm. as much in the uh in this campaign so i think that like you could say that like if it's your first time running a campaign maybe just go for that phase one as as much as you want that like inspiration to run whatever type yeah. of campaign you have in your head just run a phase campaign just to get it out of your system and learn like how a campaign works and working with the people in it and everything yeah i mean i think i had an easier time writing it and everything because like i said ian gave me everything yeah. that he's done in the past <laughs> i haven't even read through all of it but it, that's there's like i think he gave me five or six books yeah there's just there's just so much information there that it really made it easy yeah to to write it off the so bat it's also going to those people that have done it before exactly right? and just asking asking mm-hmm. for help was... and trust me it it i feel like it can be intimidating going to somebody who has run multiple campaigns and is going to be in your campaign yeah. being like Hey man, I want to run this. I want this to be good. What can yeah. I like? Can I? Can you help me at all? And like, you you feel like you're almost being a burden to them, or mm-hmm. that you're gonna like let them down as like someone who runs really good campaigns. But I know for a fact that it's the complete opposite. Because for that person, it's like, yes, I don't have to run it. Finally, yeah. I just get to be a part of it, and I get to because when you're running the campaign, you don't want to win, yep. right? Yep. You can be the person that's like, I'm just going in to crush to, people, to win, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's that that's always yeah and like, I guess it helps because help Ian help is out. a very approachable guy easy to talk to <laughs> which definitely helps because if it, I don't know I, I'm not going to put out names right because that's fucking yeah, weird yeah. but if he was if he was running the campaigns and maybe his campaigns were great yeah but he wasn't a nice guy I probably wouldn't have approached him right yeah and if I or if I had if I didn't didn't like him then I would yeah. have asked him for his help so we kind of we kind of rolled into my next question there which was like, what advice do you have for anyone that um, is going to be running a campaign? We kind of talked about like searching out for resources, people who know campaigns. Um, we have a store that we always go to. Yeah. Um, that might be another piece of advice for someone is to find yourself a location where people in your campaign can actually game without having to... Cause like, while most of us are cool with playing in our basement and stuff, mm-hmm. that's not always accessible to somebody exactly. else. Yeah. Um, but is there any other, other advice that you have for anyone trying to start a campaign? Uh, I mean, one thing also that we did is we didn't have a, a set date yeah. for like today's campaign day Yeah, every week. We didn't do that. It's just find someone to play your games. Yeah. So I think that really helps because that got rid of a lot of the scheduling yeah. issues. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? I should have had something for here. <laughs> I feel too that... Um, like you said, like not having like one set day, giving like an open gap. You can have one set day being like, well, this is generally the campaign day, but don't feel like you have to play 
on that day. Yeah, and I think doing it online really helped because that's, like with that's your huge. campaign, yeah. you had that weekend date, and that's when moves were done and everything was yeah, done. Yeah, I couldn't come in on that day because I was always working. Yeah, but but yeah, so having it all done online meant everyone can just kind of put their stuff in whenever, and I didn't have to. I didn't have to be there. Yeah, to to run any of it, which was nice. But advice for for someone getting into it, I think figuring out how many players are playing in your campaign before you write it mm-hmm. is a huge help. Yeah, because I I knew everyone who was playing in the campaign, and I knew how many people were playing, and I had a rough idea mm-hmm. of like the, the armies, armies that were going to be played. Yeah, so I didn't have to. So it made it a lot easier for writing the scenarios mm-hmm. and running all that stuff, because, making everything even for everyone. Yeah, yeah. because I already knew. Because in the end, Generally, fun is the happen. number one thing that you're yeah, going exactly. for, right? If you're playing a campaign, there's no like prizes. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. there might be, but yeah. as of right now, there's there's no prize. Now you tell me when I'm in last so. place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in second last, buddy. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I'm losing the grot. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think you can just kind of sum that up as like prep work. Yeah. You know, just like so many people are like, I want to play in a campaign, so they get it already, and it's good to go next week. It's like, take your time. Like you said, man, you That's thought about exactly this for it. six like, months, had, right? Yeah, but I mean, we wanted to run it right way afterwards. before that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I just I just didn't do it. Yeah. I was lazy. Like, that, that's all it was. Like, <laughs> um, I didn't do it. So. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, this campaign isn't over yet, but do you have any, like, plans or desires to run another campaign after this one? And to add on to that, any specific ideas already? Ooh. Ooh, that's interesting. I don't have anything planned for for 40k. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've been playing a lot of Blood Bowl. A lot of Blood Bowl right so, now. <laughs> and I mean, there's there's already a campaign that's that's starting up. Yeah, like a league that we yeah. have going on. Yeah. But I don't know, someone like that. And I, they're like right now, my mind's on a lot of other games that yep. aren't uh, 40k. Yeah. Because I've played 40k was the exclusive war game that I yep. played for a very long time, and now I'm kind of branching onto other things. So I'm I'm focusing most of my my at home time when I'm not painting my shit yeah. is looking at other games. At I keep, other games I, to I keep play, buying yeah. at Imperial Assault. <laughs> I got a box the... of Imperial Assault just sitting right there in view. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the that's one of the games that, yeah. that uh, Jason got me into. That I'm it's I, a I uh, really want to get into branching out into other games is a deadly uh, deadly it's, trail yeah. to follow, man. Yeah, yeah there yeah. goes all my money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, you know what? This campaign's not over, man. It's not, no, we're only no, halfway not. through. Um, do you have any like hopes or personal goals for the rest of the campaign or like anything that you're really looking forward to that's coming up in the campaign? Uh, two things I'm really looking forward to. So we're doing a like custom hero showdown battle kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's the next phase. I still have to write that. Yeah. But uh, basically Ian put out a bunch of, has like some custom rules for making custom characters. He has like custom character rules that he made. Up yeah. on the, uh, oh, what's it called? Like our gaming group? No, it's on uh, what's the web? The oh, iToy Soldiers. iToy Soldiers. Yeah. yeah, it's on iToy Soldiers. Uh, so we're using those and making our own characters mm-hmm. and throwing them in with like a little a little squad of their guys. Yeah. Everything has to equal under four hundred points. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna have a, a showdown of these lowest point matches. Now, what's kind of cool? What you've told me about this is that after we have this showdown, your characters yeah. are created. When you go to play a game, whatever points campaign, it is, yeah. you're allowed to be. You're allowed to say to your opponent, "Hey, we're playing fifteen hundred points, but do you want to?" handshake yeah 
play with our, our custom hero custom as well on top of that. Top, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. And but that's the thing is you can only bring yours if your opponent wants to bring theirs. Yeah, yeah. So and also there's there's no limit to these characters. It's not it's not like the rest of the campaign where yeah, it's yeah. you know everything's for fluffy we're being and fluffy fun. and everything. No, this I is, mean your squad well, should still be fluffy and your character should still should, be fluffy. Yeah, should still but, be fluffy. But but if he if he doesn't have to be tame. Yeah, he needs to. He, he hopefully he can beat the shit out of some yeah, people. Yeah, I'm thinking. What, I'm thinking about doing an interceptor character. Okay. So he's based. So he he's teleports around, around the, with a group of interceptors with them. That's pretty. Awesome. I'm thinking about doing that. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you what I'm bringing. No, I don't want because know. Uh, what I'm bringing is disgusting. So everyone better be Lord Grot. You know. Uh, no. <laughs> I'll find out soon enough. Uh, but, he's uh, called Itsy Bitsy. Right. On. But uh, <laughs> I'll let you figure out what he is. Right on. Uh, so anything? Uh, oh, I know. Damn it. <laughs> uh anything else you're looking forward to um for the campaign the the last game so what we're gonna do with the last game is so we're going all the way up till we get to what is it 1800 i think so yeah. i think that's the last one so yeah. we're going to 1800 and then we're, after that i think we're gonna take like it's either gonna be a month break or it's gonna be quite a quite a break and then mm-hmm. we're gonna play where everyone's gonna take 2500 points yep on the table all fully painted and it's gonna be like an apocalypse game we're gonna play an apoc game so 2500 per player per yeah. player yeah so i think I think we do have eight players. It's either eight or ten players. Yeah. Anyway, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a massive game. And I know this is a something that you guys talked about in the past when you guys were talking about previous apocalypse games. Yeah. Is even though there's these massive games, nothing's painted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Like, that's kind of one of my problems with apocalypse is it's so chaotic and like someone shows up like, oh yeah, I got six thousand points of Tyranids. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you got like a thousand points of painted Tyranids and then a yeah. bunch of gray or like prime yeah. models on yeah. the table. You got a bunch of because the Tyranids are like what one pose plus arms, yeah, like, yeah, 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 and you got a bunch of models with no arms, yeah, like on the table, yeah, exactly. I mean, you might have like four hundred dudes, but yeah. they're not finished being built. And yeah, they look like shit. Yeah, like, exactly. Come on, so guy. if you want to play on that, so we gotta get some pictures of that for so sure. So that's man. that's the big thing is that it's all gonna be fully painted. So it's gonna be a massive game. Yeah, it's all fully painted, and I'm 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 still thinking of how it's gonna work, but it might be throwing a big a big curveball. Ooh, nice. Final, I, I want to get my uh, I want to get my knight painted up for that. It better be painted yeah. up for that. You're gonna need it. <laughs> We're going to need sure, everything man. in that final game. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> right on, man. Okay, so we're going to pretty much close this up, but um, we've been talking about running a campaign for the first time, your experiences. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts for anyone listening that has been thinking about or after listening to this now wants to run a campaign? Any last thoughts for them on how to approach this? You just got to – it's one of those things where, like, I thought about it like about running the campaign but it's really nothing would be nothing would be worse right than running up a whole campaign and then finding out that there's no interest yeah so getting everyone on board before you start putting in all the work i think is key like you might have a great idea but you need to get everyone else on board with that idea Mm -hmm. before you put it into motion yeah so yeah just a lot of a lot of research and just really if you know your if you know the group you're playing with get to know them and get to know what they want to do yeah right because you want to you want to have as many possibilities thought up beforehand because you don't want to get a curveball thrown at you halfway through the campaign yeah. and be like fuck this just broke the whole campaign how do i deal with this without <laughs> just going up and saying no mm-hmm. like you'd rather have something built in that just says like nah like, yeah chill out dude <laughs> so i think just yeah preparation is just the biggest thing and yeah, just get to know the people playing in your campaign and make sure everyone's serious because I got lucky with that and no one dropped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
I had a lot of people drop out of mine. Yeah, but that I guess that was also because you didn't know them as well. It's also it's one of those campaign, things. Yeah. yeah, but with the closed group, as I knew, I and I well, we have two players that are that are in it, but they're not. They're yeah. kind of in our, they, they kind of flop in and out because mm-hmm. they don't have as much time, and that's okay because there's two of them, so it's an even number. Yeah. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. they play armies that in the final game would be on different sides, so yeah. it makes it. It'll even everything out in the end. Yeah, exactly. So just get your preparation work done. Yeah, just just know your players and and get all the work you need for the campaign done, or at least done enough to start. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, uh, thanks for for the time. Thanks for uh, giving us your insight, your expert insight, you could say. (laughs) Your one campaign expert insight. (laughs) No, no, it's good. That's exactly what we wanted, man, was to get somebody's... uh, someone's opinion and thoughts on running a campaign for the first time because that's kind of what we're all about man is getting people into playing like narrative games yeah. and stuff like that so uh thanks just, for coming just on do man. it like just, just <laughs> the end of it just just do it <laughs> all right guys uh we'll be right back hey wanted to do a quick shout out to friend of the maelstrom greg when I told him what day this episode was dropping, he informed me it was his birthday. So, happy birthday, Greg, and may the great devourer devour your soul. Beyond the Rim. Let's do this, man. What have you been playing? I I took a week off at Christmas. Well, like three days, but I had a week off work. And I got a game in with Jordan of Star Wars Armada. So that was a lot of fun. We actually went to For the Win mm-hmm. on Young Street and oh, played right in on. a booth. The table was a little small. Yeah. So And that game really needs to be played on a full 6x3. Otherwise, yeah. certain fleets get a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I picked up a Corellian Conflict, which is like campaign expansion for that. Yeah, I was uh, after you had bought it, we hung out and I kind of like, like look through it a little yeah. bit not in depth or anything like that but it looks really cool yeah i mean so we're starting that up hopefully next weekend i'm not sure jordan's yeah. on vacation so he should be back soon and then cool. we rebels versus imperials final showdown in the corellian sector <laughs> but yeah that's armada i think is definitely fuck if battlefleet gothic came out using armada's rule which won't happen yeah but if it did that'd be amazing mm-hmm. It's such a fun game. Yeah, it's cool. I only played yeah. that one demo game that we played, but it looked really yeah. fun. Well, we should do another one because, I mean, like I got another starter set for Christmas, so I've got like tons of ships now. Oh, right on. Cool. So even, Yeah, it's one of those things that, yeah. uh, I don't know, I there's just not enough of a variety yet for me to get into it. Yeah. But, no, I hear uh, you. but it's a cool game. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So what about you? What other games have you played? So I haven't been... Uh, gaming too much mm-hmm. like tabletop gaming per se however i'm going to include this in beyond the rim because i did my first escape room Ooh. last weekend um so clearly you escaped because you're here because i'm here so funny enough we were it's one hour time limit i okay i'm such an escape room noob it was my first one uh my girlfriend came with us mm-hmm. and uh, two of her friends or I guess I went with them. <laughs> uh, she had never. Yeah, done I was going to say you've other friends. Yeah, she had never done one before. But the two people we were with, one person had done four, and one person had done two. So they clearly knew what was up. They were vets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like an hour time limit, and at the very end, 
like we had like like just a few minutes left we, mm-hmm. we just had a few minutes left we were on the last puzzle nice and we tried to do it and tried it on the lock on the final lock and yeah. it was wrong and then like literally like we had like maybe 20 seconds left and the guy came in he's like oh man you guys were so close do you guys want to like i have no one booked for like the next like hour or whatever mm-hmm. do you just want to see how long it takes you to finish this puzzle we're like yeah fine and he like shut the door we we're out a minute later oh like, <laughs> wow and like there were maybe three times throughout like the hour mm-hmm. where we kind of stalled a little bit here and there um so it's kind of like ah uh, if we hadn't have wasted that time yeah we would have had this we would have had the time to get out right yeah um a lot of fun though a lot of fun it shouldn't would, have started it that started orgy. off in like an office yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Look, like that spent over. a lot of time <laughs> um started off in this one office room mm-hmm. and there was kind of like a like a cupboard okay like a two-door kind of like just like off the wall cupboard that you would normally have like closet you would normally have the most i know about escape rooms is what i saw in brooklyn 99 so (laughs) right on um but like we were just in this office and i was like okay this is is this what an escape room is like Mm -hmm. maybe like 20 minutes in half an hour in, i was like you know this is this is all right it's fun i'm doing Mm -hmm. something with people all right it's social interaction is always Mm -hmm. an enjoyable event (laughs) well not always but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, fair enough and I was like, okay, I guess this is all right. This is, it's only 25 bucks, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, and then we got the lock. It's like half a tax squad, and then, man. Right? <laughs> Warhammer. <laughs> um, and then we got the combo for the lock for that like cupboard mm-hmm. thing. And I figured, okay, there's going to be some clues in there. And we opened that up, and there's like a curtain. And you slide the curtain open, there's a whole other room next door. I was like, oh, my God, this is actually like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, this is a lot of fun. It keeps your brain going. By the end of it, I was definitely like way more mentally mentally exhausted than I had Mm. thought it was and like i'm not the i'm not the neatest guy but i'm not the messiest guy either i kind of like to keep everything organized right okay it's hard for me to just like make a mess like a huge like just tear apart stuff and luckily they put me on like as soon as we went in it's like okay jason we have a feeling that this is a puzzle you need to solve this i was like okay cool they're like we're gonna look for other clues so I'm like leaning over the desk, looking at these like four letters, trying to figure out, okay, there must be a difference here, right? Mm-hmm. I turn around after like two minutes, they have destroyed the room. Like, I felt bad for the person that owned this place, <laughs> right? Like the chairs have been turned, all the books have been ripped off the shelf, oh, like just like flipped open, toys are just everywhere. They have flipped over the rug, which had a puzzle underneath it. <laughs> and it's like, it's really good that you didn't get me to do this because I would have been like, so gently taking yeah. everything out. <laughs> Small fire in the trash can. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun, though, man. Nice. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is uh, TV show related. Um, Unacceptable. Because <laughs> we only talk about Rebels all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that comes out tomorrow. Didn't Sorry. it come out the other week? Well, I mean, another episode. Oh, another episode. Comes yeah, yeah. I they, I they have three or like a double and then another episode. So like three episodes. Oh, I got to watch of, that now. Because I, I haven't picked that back up half. since they came back. Yeah, It's good. Um, Force Whitaker is in one of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like, um, not just his character, but like he voices it, like the guy from Rogue One, as he should, yeah. Yeah. Um, but on Netflix, I heard good things about the OA, mm-hmm. which is a Netflix original, yep. because you know you see Netflix original, you at least have to give it a shot because most of their stuff is awesome, pretty awesome, yeah. yeah. And the OA is no uh, no exception, man. Nice. It uh, don't want to talk too much about it because you mm-hmm. should kind of just go in, um blind almost to it uh, to make a pun because she's like the main character is like a blind character oh okay um 
uh, it's about a girl that kind of gets kidnapped and it deals with like near death experiences and stuff like that. And she's mm-hmm. kind of like telling her story to a group of people after she's like escaped her kidnapper. Yeah. But the whole mm-hmm. show has this, and I wasn't sure if I was taking this the wrong way while watching it. It kind of has this other, like, is this really what is going on? Is her story true or is she, mm. because there are some scenes that kind of deal with like a teacher talking with like her students where she's supposed to be like this really nice person. But as I was watching, I was like, this is a little like, there's a little bit of pedophile action going on here. Yeah. I feel like, like she should not be touching like the, the students, the way that she's touching yeah, okay. them and stuff like that. Right. It's like, am I just looking too far into this? But I have a feeling the whole show has that like double sided feel to it. Okay. That you're supposed to always kind of be questioning it. Um, really good. Really nice. good. Uh, I recommend it. Yeah. If you get the chance, watch it, man. The OA. Yeah. Rick and Morty, also a great show. Yeah, okay, so I need to start watching this because I know some of the guys at the store watch it, and I've yeah. never seen it. You haven't? I've seen all of it now. Yeah. It's so funny. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I was worried because it's Dan Harmon, the guy who did Community. Okay. And in my opinion, Community kind of like started going downhill in the later seasons until yeah. it kicked off Dan Harmon. Okay. Because it kind of just falls under its own weight. Like, oh, we're going to do crazy stuff yeah. every episode. Okay, yeah. And towards the end of season one of Rick and Morty, it was going that way. But yeah. season two kind of reset a little bit. So cool. definitely worth watching. It's an alcoholic mad scientist. That's all I, That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all, uh, so, yeah, we're running a Sigmar campaign at the store mm-hmm. at GW Young and Lawrence. The actual so, map is pretty awesome. Yeah. That really came together because I was, like, scrambling. And then I think it was Zach and Curtis kind of, like, were putting the final touches on. And yeah. then Eric painted it. And it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And the rules are awesome because mm-hmm. I wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's another awesome Ian campaign. Yeah. At least what it looks like. I don't know. Yeah. It, but yeah. Well, I'm I'm trying out a few different things because I'm if there's going to be some 40K stuff going on this year, I'm going to run another, a big 40K campaign. As I'm really hoping Battlefleet Gothic comes out by the so I can integrate that into a big 40K campaign. Cool. So last thing I did is friend of mine, I was playing Edge of the Empire with some guys from Windsor. Yeah. They're like, oh, Ian, you should get this game. I'm, I'm going to go home and play it. You should download it. I'm like, all right, whatever. And my friend's like, oh, yeah, Joe is. Yeah, Joe wants us all to play Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I've been looking for this game for years. That's amazing. <laughs> so you remember this game? Yeah, kids? yeah. <laughs> so I've been playing a shit ton of that. Yeah, we that. used to play like LAN games of that when we yeah. were kids. Just the two of us just teaming up against computers and yeah, stuff. That's yeah, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah. Fucking Trade Federation. What's it called? The Trade uh, Federation. Yeah, the Trade Federation yeah. for the win, man. That was my shit back yeah. in the day. So if you want to play good old games and you need a few things to like third-party programs, uh, goodoldgames.com or GOG.com. It's like eight bucks. You get Game Ranger, which allows you to play online. Yeah. And we were using Discord to do voice communication. All right, cool. So much fun. Yeah, man. That's... All the memories. So you need to get a computer that's so we can play. Yeah. It doesn't need, doesn't need to be a good computer. It's like a 10, 12-year-old game. I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah, but oh, my God. So that's much awesome, fun. Man. Yeah, the Trade Federation they used to run that shit uh, all The problem time. is it's like very much like the good and the bad from gaming back then because yeah. we get like lag yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be yeah. happening <laughs> but it'll like freeze and we'll be like oh game froze again yeah, yeah, yeah. starting over yeah. oh, that's funny man that's good oh, so much fun. <laughs> that's funny I asked you I was like what does this mean on our like show notes I was like what does it mean he's like oh you'll find out yeah. <laughs> that's a cool little surprise man yeah <laughs> next I, time I'm by you'll have to 
Yeah, I'll show, show you. It. <laughs> oh my god, I love that game. It's like not it got really bad reviews when it first came out, but like cuz it's it's not it's for people who don't know Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds is Age of Empires 2 reskinned as Star Wars. And it's not balanced particularly well. Like buildings are too strong and mm-hmm. like there's certain things in it, but it's just so much like charging it's Star Wars, man. You're playing a RTS Star Wars game, man. Charging someone with a Regiment of 60 Tauntauns. It doesn't get better than that. <laughs> so, yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it for me. Uh, yeah, me too. So we'll uh, come back and close up the show. All right, man. Well, I think that's it for uh, tonight. Yeah. Episode 20. I believe that's correct. I believe so. I hope so. Right. Otherwise, we look like idiots. Plus, like, you know, some side episodes in there and stuff like that. Yeah. I think we're going to have another, like, special few special episodes coming up. I think we're going to do one of Rogue One. Yeah. I think we might do a Blood Bowl one. Yeah. Maybe a Siggy one. Yeah, definitely. Something definitely like Rogue One. And then the other stuff might just roll into our mm-hmm. main episodes. Yeah. So one thing uh, I want to talk about, I'm going to make it official, so we have to do it. Yeah. Um is we started out wanting to do a bi-weekly show like once every two weeks yeah fortunately real life just like kicked us right in the groin so that didn't really happen i'm a busy busy man yeah i me too <laughs> so we're gonna try and do once a month which mm-hmm. is pretty much what we've been doing so but we're gonna make it official yeah and hopefully that'll mean like our schedule like we come out regular episodes yeah. and what i want to aim for is the 13th of every month the holy number baby yep exactly <laughs> so we have a Facebook page, and it is at facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. I've been posting up, unfortunately, mostly Skaven stuff, not mm-hmm. 40K. I'm going to be having a lot of Blood Angel stuff coming up soon. So Yeah. Uh, you can contact us via email at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And we're on iToysoldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash wrong-side-mail. Excuse me, maelstrom. Um <laughs> As always, uh, if you guys have any um, questions, any rules lawyering questions, we're yeah. always uh, into any topic ideas you want us to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you think maybe you'd want to come on the show for whatever reason, I don't know why you'd want to sit around and talk with us, but hey. Um, Jay smells yeah. something fierce. <laughs> um, I just like to harness that inner Skaven. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, if you have a topic you think you want to cover or whatever like that, let us know. Uh, we're local to Toronto. If you want to get games in with us, shoot us a message on Facebook or Gmail. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if you have upcoming events, I think also now that we have a set date when we're airing, that might help people. Let us know if you have an event coming up after the February 13th, let us know and we'll plug it on the show. Yeah, for sure. At the very least, we'll share it on the Facebook page if the timing doesn't work out. Yeah, also you can kind of let us know and, uh, we do have these segments, these breaks in between the segments and stuff. We can just... If you just send us the information about the event, mm-hmm. even if we've already recorded the episode, uh, even like, you know, a few days before the episode is going to come out, if you give us at least, I would say a week before, um, we're able to, you know, just slice throw the mic in. up really quick yeah. and just slice it in there. Or I can just do it, it on my own. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we can just throw that information in there so people can know. But yeah. it's a handy way to let Toronto know um, yeah. what's going on or Hopefully. the Southern Ontario, at least. Yeah. I want to do more community engagement. So yeah. I feel like... It's always could have been the goal, and then real life gets bites in the ass. Yeah. But especially now that I'm moving downtown. Hopefully, that'll be awesome. Yeah, man. So, anyways, my name's Ian. And I'm Jason. And we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. Mm-hmm.